0: Hello everybody and welcome to this edition of the entertainment from the 573 and it is episode 100 we have finally made it guys it's been a long journey considering where we started off with with talking about last jedi and here we are late in 2021 the final week of the year the final pod of the year and here we are and we got a big one to talk about and of course I'm here with Peter Lewis. We're talking about everything Marvel today, Peter. I'm really excited about this. And, of course, we're talking about our MCU rankings to boot. So, this will be fun. I
1: would say we had uh, nine MCU projects this year, a whole year after getting absolutely nothing. So, of course, the re rank the third one we've done. Don't ask us what the previous two look like, because I forget. <laughs> but it doesn't really matter anymore, because nine new projects completely threw it off for for me in these uh, rankings, but we'll get to that toward the end, but as you said, I, and I think if I remember correctly, when we did episode 50, it was Star Wars related. I think it was probably the last Jedi, because I was annoyed by it, and, Matt's, and Matt famously said, well, on this pod, it's either Marvel or Star Wars, so Star Wars, or Marvel, rather, wins by getting its own episode for episode 100. bye ye, you dog. <laughs> he did it again, Peter. Yep, it's December twenty seventh, 2021. It's all Marvel. There's nothing else in the book. Oh, Ryan, do, do you see that out of your window too? Oh, wait, that oh, can't is, be. Is, is that the Bat-single? With a YouTube logo? Oh, crap, logo. it is. What's he talking? Oh, there's a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> we gave him too much time, Ryan. Batman had the prep time. He knew episode 100 was coming. There was no DC, and he acted. Oh, man. Listen, I said this in the
0: pre-show. We used Batman's greatest power. Batman's greatest power was used against
1: us in this scenario. <laughs> we should have seen it coming, Peter. i say, we think Feige knows everything about us, but the Batman has <laughs> always known about us. <laughs> oh, yeah. He started
0: files on us and this podcast a long time ago. He was there from the very
1: beginning. But compared to his uh, Justice League counterparts, his plan to kill us is probably easier than, say, a Superman. So good on him there. <laughs> this was probably nothing for him.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is just a regular day. Yep. All right. It's going to take about, let's see, uh, 30 minutes. So uh, it should be easy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, but yes, as uh, Peter said, we got a new Batman trailer, or a surprise Batman trailer. That was dropped on everybody today. And we were talking about this pre-show. And with the title of the, this so-called trailer, The Bat and the Cap. I mean, we were talking about it. it was like, it, it didn't appear to be nothing. And then Peter, like you saw, it was like two and a half minutes. You're like, wait, hold
1: on. This can't be right. i to say we're realistically two months away from the film, which is kind of similar to when uh, far from, uh, Homecoming or Block, no way home i have three three sh- three three trances there to get that right <laughs> so we're two months out from you know the batman's release date doctor strange has been moved to May. So i mean the superhero landscape unless they surprise us with a, a disney plus marvel show here soon i doubt it it's really dry until then so it kind of makes sense that we start getting like maybe some you know smaller teasers you know like it's reused footage, maybe with like a new scene every now and then, so we can dissect that for weeks on end. Yeah, no, this was a, it's titled like it would be like that, the bat and the cat. But then you see two and a half minutes, you're like, that's pretty long for just reusing footage. And then you turn it in, you turn it on, you realize, oh, this is the third trailer. <laughs> They're actually doing this. on. A, let, me, let me tell you, Ryan, what a great late Christmas gift.
0: Oh man, Peter! It, yeah, it it was to give us all that it gave us in this trailer. It gave us more of a sense of the story of what kind of like what's going on uh, with with some of these characters. But yeah, th- this was a uh, what? Uh, yeah, like you said, I couldn't, I can't put it better enough. A great late Christmas present for everybody around the world.
1: And compared to the two previous trailers, the one from a uh, Fandom 2020 and the most recent Fandom. I gotta say, this one just really took the cake. It's got the it's got the violence. It's got the cinematography. It's got more story. It looks like this isn't you know DC trying to be you know edgy because you know that that's I think the worry because with Warner Bros. not knowing what they're really doing at this point, and you know maybe DC to a lot of more extent. But yeah, this just seems like let let me tell you, Ryan, if this film is bad. Whoever made these trailers is not getting paid nearly enough, because I am convinced so far, at worst, this is a B plus.
0: <laughs> yeah, listen, whoever's making these trailers deserves a big pay raise right now.
1: It's the guy who did the Green Lantern trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Do you kids remember that Green Lantern trailer? We all thought it was going to be a masterpiece, and, uh, well, <laughs> it showed potential. <laughs>
2: but didn't do anything. (laughs) Yeah,
0: well, I guess, let's say the least, Peter, that person's probably not doing anything with them right now.
1: Advertised it a little too well. Yeah. (laughs) But for what what we're getting from uh, this new trailer, just uh, kind of a lot more of what we've kind of discussed in the past. There's clearly a conspiracy going on. Riddler's definitely at the heart of it, but he's trying to get uh, Batman to do something we don't know we still don't know if it's you know like an anti-hero thing where it's like you're being you're a pawn or some sort of something like that but we're finally getting uh belroy Royale, the uh second mayoral candidate in this film talking to bruce about you know hey your parents were uh pretty big philanthropy but you're not doing anything for the city and it's just spliced in with you know <laughs> him just beating up criminals chasing the penguin i'm like yeah, I mean, from a financial standpoint, he's not helping Gotham, but uh, no, he's definitely helping the <laughs> uh, medical industry with those uh, hospital bills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of some more people that need a little bit of a pay raise, you wonder know I mean? the craziest thing about the uh, the actors playing uh, Bella Royale, Jamie Lawson. What's that? What in nineteen ninety seven? Oh man, they got like a, they got a twenty four year old playing a arrow cannon. I love that. Oh man, <laughs> this fictional character is far more successful than you and me ever will be.
0: Yes, right now or in fifty years' time.
1: <laughs> but yeah, uh, like I said, there's so much more. We we see Batman and uh, the Riddler face timing, which is very creepy. Again, it's reusing it reuses lines we've heard in trailers before, but now it's in, you know, a different context. So it's, it's kind of leading us astray in a lot of ways, like where that could pop up. Yeah. So we, we've gotten the, uh, the, uh, the scene where he's talking to uh, Batman's like, how am I part of this? And he's like, Oh, you're so naive. We saw it in the, at the end of the first trailer and it looks like it was in the garage, but now it looks like it's part of the interrogation or who knows, maybe it's the FaceTime. So yeah, I mean, plot-wise, there's there's definitely something here. And potentially, for the, uh, my guess would be potentially for the sake of plot, it's such a huge spoiler they're having to kind of like work around that. Like maybe Matt Reeves truly created a conspiracy uh, storyline that really advertising it's kind of just, you know, we got to like lead them astray as much as we can because uh, Carmen Falcone, one of the major uh, mob bosses in the comics, He's in this film, but we have not seen him outside, like a a uh, publicity photo with him and a uh, uh, Kravitz's character, Catwoman. Yeah,
0: that's right. And w- when they mentioned Falcone, or like that was kind of like, oh wait, yeah, yeah. And, and I was hearing a couple breakdowns of. It was like, oh yeah, he's in this movie. Yeah. So that's another big part that we still had to figure
2: out with how he's going to play into all this.
1: That's a, uh, I know the big thing everybody wants is Court of Owls, and there is, again, it's not confirmed 100%, but there is a scene where it looks like Riddler tells the... Uh, but potentially knows who Batman's uh, uh, secret identity is in Bruce Wayne, of course. I, but again, we know he's, in this trailer, Alfred says as much he's targeting the Waynes this time, so maybe that's just in the crossfire, but there's a scene... Around the one thirty mark, where he's in this uh, kind of
2: like office-looking room, or some like kind of modern room,
1: and you know that's when uh, Riddler says Bruce Wayne. I can tell you from reading City of Owls and uh, Court of Owls, the uh, New Fifty Two, New Fifty Two comic line that introduced the Court of Owls. It kind of had that vibe, so kind of going on what other people have said more more. more Mostly uh, the new rock stars. Who uh, poor guy? I think he's on vacation now. He has to make a video (laughs) dissecting every frame of this trailer.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this is the one problem with surprise trailer shopping Is this? Yeah. (laughs) Because
1: if it doesn't come out on Christmas, you're like, oh, okay, I guess we're not getting anything. And then it's like, oh no, twenty seventh. Here you go. (laughs) But yeah, he he kind of brought the idea of you know, the court of owls in this universe kind of like have always been pl- pulling strings and Bruce is kind of like, you know, unknowingly uh, at the center of it being a pawn when, you know, he should be doing the opposite and, uh, you know, helping the everyman of course. And uh, I forget if we talked about this in the fandom trailer, but uh, one of the things Matt Reap says he was inspired of, inspired by for this film was uh Chinatown, which was about the uh, LA water wars. And we've had a lot of stuff about, you know, the Wayne Terminus, we've had stuff with flooding. And we see water uh being poured into, I'm guessing, the city streets. So there's definitely something going on there with whatever that plotline is leading to. So uh if you want to maybe get an idea, watch Chinatown, of course. <laughs> but yeah, just a lot to go off in here. We finally get to see uh Peter Savage, the commissioner. Uh, yelling at Gordon about, you know, he's a vigilante and all that. We got more of the cops shooting at him. But the big thing here clearly is the relationship between Batman and Catwoman.
2: Yes. I mean, Peter, they don't, they they didn't
0: name this trailer the bat and the cat for nothing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I can already tell you, there's definitely a good chemistry between uh, Kravitz and Pattinson.
0: Yeah, I mean yeah, I could feel that too on watching the trailer like that that there's a there's a good bit of chemistry that these two have and uh you know how they're how both their characters are playing off each other. Of course, I mean the, their relationship in the comics is pretty well known, so it's nice to see really early on and just these trailers alone to see like there's some
1: chemistry here
0: and that this could be a really good part of this movie.
1: And I haven't been able to 100% confirm this, but apparently one of the sites that uh, is advertised in the movie said the premise was these two knew each other during childhood. Obviously, in these trailers, we're we're assuming that uh, Selena Kyle doesn't know Bruce Wayne as Batman, but of course yeah. Bruce knows the opposite. So that's a very
2: fun dynamic to uh, play into as well.
0: Yeah. And I think I was watching a video too, before this, and I think they also mentioned that the Riddler might've known the Waynes and Bruce before, uh, when they were
1: kids too. That, that'd that, be fun you, too. Like say, I, I think we're safe in saying he knows the Waynes have, if the court of Owls are here, he has a connection. The Waynes have a connection to them like they did in the uh, comics. So maybe he's trying again, first of all, uh, Paul Dana, we're getting a lot more of him this time around, and that voice is just excellent. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. like it, it's it's kind of hitting all the good marks in like terms of horror. Like when he's like serious, you feel that pressure. When he's like being like very uh, kind of reserved, but he's still like you still know like he's he's in control. Which I really, I kind of am getting some Heath Ledger Joker vibes, but like in a completely different way. You know, this is. This isn't really mad, madman Joker. This this seems to be a lot more. I, I guess tell. I mean, going me wrong. Heath Ledger's Joker was intelligent, but I feel like they're gonna play more with this than just you know flat out crazy trying to prove a point.
0: Yeah, I I get that vibe too. Riller, of course, comes up with all these intricate riddles, and so, the, say what you want, but to me that kind of speaks of like how how high of an intelligence that he has and like how much of a thing he has for mind games and knowing that he could trip some people up, up and uh, maybe try to trip up Batman on a, on a couple things too.
1: That's a leading him to maybe like learn some more things that maybe he doesn't want to. Cause uh, probably the most standout scene is uh, when they're, the frame has a, uh, pair of doors that says where it all began. It looks like could be something related to the Wayne's, maybe Wayne Manor. Cause we, I don't think we've seen him in Wayne Manor yet. We've seen him in, you know, this version of the Bat Cave, the old, uh, Wayne Terminus tunnels. Yeah. And that's when, uh, Bruce says to Alfred, you lied to me. And Alfred responds, you know, we all carry scars and stuff like that. So that's about,
2: about to say. If if Court of Owls is not here,
1: then I imagine there's going to be something more, more conspiracy crazy down the road. Which I, I could understand with, with Matt Reeves' point there, because similar to Spider-Man, the Rogues Gallery of Batman is just so strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's so much potential. Like, especially with like how mature they're handling this. Like, if they do a Mister Freeze movie, I will be in paradise. Because that whole relationship in the comics when done right is just absolutely stunning. So I could only imagine what Matt Reeves and company could come up with there. But for but for the time being, we might be getting Harris. House, who knows? Maybe this is an awful, awful garbage movie and they are punking us very good.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what, Peter? You bring up Mr. Freeze and, you know, you look back to those movies of the 90s and, of course, you had campy Riddler and you had campy Mr. Freeze. So I mean, hey, maybe there's something Matt Reeves is thinking about like, hey, let's do this way different version of the Riddler and might have the same idea with Mr. Freeze. I mean, he's got Penguin in here and we know Penguin was used back in those 90s movies. So maybe maybe this is something Reeves has on his mind. Maybe he wants to do Freeze somewhere down the line and uh, maybe update him and give us a different version and you know if it make if they do something similar to the comics that a lot of batman fans like with freeze and with batman if they do that relationship on screen like you i think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be pretty
2: pleased if that comes to fruition About say that there's
1: a lot going right for this film and uh i think we knew this before but today of if- it's probably been in a more bigger spotlight is that uh it'll come to hbo max 45 days after release and i think this is potentially a good idea because with how the box office has been and this is i i think we can kind of include the pandemic era in that pre-pandemic era in the logic of the film makes basically its money in the first week weeks two and three it always goes down but still that's you know profit and like weeks four and five i mean You've kind of made all the money you can get. Everything after that is kind of just, you know, bonus. Yeah. So I think it's fair to say, I mean, by, uh, I think that date's going to be April 22nd, if you're kind of terrified of going to the theater, which, hey, uh, April 19th, sorry, of next year. Because, you know, uh, the run is running wild again. I got the booster today and my arm is sore. But, hey, <laughs> I can cough. I can so cough on the homies. That's always good. But yeah, it, if you kind of don't want to do it, I mean, 45 days, it'll go by pretty quick. But I think, again, for the experience, especially how the cinematography looks and the sound, if yeah, you've seen but, the, uh, so the, the, the second trailer was attached to Eternals and the sound in that theater was just riveting. So, as always, the definitive way is going to be seeing it at the theaters. But it's going to know you have an option pr- pretty quickly down the road because usually. It's like three months at earliest when a theatrical release will come to any sort of streaming.
0: Yeah, it, I think, yeah, that this is a I think that's a smart move for HBO to say, hey, we're going to make this theaters exclusive. And then after 45 days, we're going to put on HBO Max instead of the day and date release thing that they've been doing this whole year. So I definitely think that's that's probably the better option. And Like you said, it's go, it's going to go by pretty quick. Oh yeah. like 45 days. Yeah. It's it's not going to be a problem.
1: I'll be in St. Louis opening weekend cuz my boy gets married on the 5th and I got to be a groomsman. But we're already planning on that uh Thursday night the 3rd to basically be the ultimate uh, bachelor party <laughs> watching Batman <laughs> beat up people.
0: Oh. oh Peter, I can't I can't imagine a better way to spend a bachelor party. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, to go see Batman, to see him go beat the crap out of people, and see Riddler terrify a whole city. And... <laughs> that sounds like a
1: great one. I like, there, there's a lot to go on here, especially when we're all Batman fans. I mean, I I kind of enjoy the '92 Penguin and Batman Returns. I understand, you know, it's way off base from what the comics do, but again, it's Tim Burns. So I mean, you kind of take what you get. Yeah. I will tell you, Colin, uh, Colin Farrell, I I still can't believe that's him. The prosthetic department here is just on oh, a man. whole nother level. And just, Zoe Kravitz, I, I don't want to get her lost in this whole mix, because she'll definitely be a big part of the movie, and what we've seen, especially in this trailer, she, she's she got a good personality to her. Like, they're playing into the, the whole Catwoman persona, you know, and Batman's like, yeah, I like cats here's like, I like strays. <laughs> and when she's jumping out the building, you know, the whole Nine Lives joke, I mean, yeah, it, it's kind of like uh playing into the actual lore of the character rather than, you know, Dark Knight Rises, which don't get me wrong, I like Dan Hathaway's Catwoman, but it kind of didn't do much with the whole, you know, the cat jokes outside of maybe the uh, I think when she was holding the mobster hostage, she did the whole cat got your tongue thing. Yeah. I think that was it, but yeah, so much of this trailer is just <laughs> really giving me reason to hope that DC has a grand slam coming up here.
0: Yeah, and looking at next year, DC, it's it should be, keyword should, it should be a good for y- year for them. Because you got this, there's a lot of hype around it. You got Black Adam, you got early reactions coming out of that, talking about how awesome the action sequences are. And then you got The Flash, which... DC's hoping it's kind of like they're dipping to the whole multiverse aspect that we already saw Noah home play with. So, next year is going to be a big year for them. Um what Peter one of my favorite things about this trailer that I couldn't help not mentioning it was just those final scenes of like of action where they're it looks like they're in like a stadium or something and
1: like Yeah, it looks like both uh, hit, looks like Bella's having a uh uh, campaign at some sort of arena, and they're in like the looks like you got some goons in the uh scoreboard, in the
2: catwalks,
1: yeah, the catwalks of the scoreboard, like maybe firing on people. and Catwoman and Batman just jump in and they are just throwing hands. Oh man,
0: listen, when Batman just has his guns, just start beating up on everybody, oh,
1: <laughs> and you got like the whole I'll tell you what, to it, and that music is just blaring. Oh, I'm telling you what, Peter. Uh, with the way some of these action
0: sequences look, it looks like they're taking a lot of uh, inspiration from the Arkham games with uh, with f- the fighting styles, especially with Batman. I mean, you're seeing No Way Home do this with how they incorporated some of the Spider-Man PS4 fighting styles. I'll tell you what, it, it intrigues me that they're really actually taking a look at these video games and how these characters, characters find those games and really incorporating them into the films.
1: Well, uh, funny enough, with the uh, Arkham games, because uh, they show Gotham's like little version of uh, Times Square, I think around the minute mark or so, and uh, it looks like kind of a similar depiction in uh, I think Arkham City, like just uh this like mid like this uh, area of just like advertisements and billboards everywhere. I'm like, yeah, one seventeen for the kids watching at home. I mean, that's that straight up looks like what we saw in the Arkham game but of course you know there's no technological limitations with the games or the the movie compared to the games so they're, yeah. they're really and I think that's I think I mentioned this in one of the previous reactions but I love how they're making Gotham feel like it's Gotham because as great as the Dark Knight trilogy was it really just was you know let's film New York, Chicago and then every now and then Vancouver, Pittsburgh and kind of like pretend it's Gotham but like you know that's not Gotham. This this really feels like it's a true comic book city, and I'm really excited for that.
0: Yeah. And, Peter, Peter just reading comments about the trailer, I saw somebody, you, you bring up Gotham, and somebody brought, like, you know, how bad is the job market in Gotham City that, like, henchman is the job posting that gets filled the most, which either ends up with, A, you either get beaten severely by a mask vigilante, or you get killed by your own boss.
1: It's tough times in Gotham. We, we got that We got that vibe in the second trailer of how maybe, especially when maybe you read into the Chinatown uh, inspiration about how, you know, they're kind of clearly pushing the poor into like one kind of desolate area. Maybe the rich are, you know, living in luxury, So, I, which I really like, you know, the whole idea of that Dark, Dark Knight Rises storyline that kind of, you know, got muddled in with the Batman story. And rather than yeah. saying like let's put that at the forefront and let's put Batman in the middle of that and see how he reacts, especially this version of Batman because this almost feels like a Batman. It's year two Batman, so yes. we, we know he's had the. We're not really going to get an explanation of you know how he became Batman. It's kind of like you either you kind of understand at this point or you know everything that leads up to it. I'm in this. I'm in the latter, of course, because I'm a DC loser. <laughs> <laughs> I don't bet on the right horse a lot of the times, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, you get the feeling of like, yeah, he is Batman in the suit and all, but he hasn't really understood what Batman means. And I think that's what this film is going to explore. And that's why I'm really excited about the potential of what this conspiracy is, especially this one, this trailer saying, oh, the Waynes are involved now. So and of course, you yeah. have Bella here as well, who. Looks to be the good uh, mayoral candidate, so maybe she's trying to help Bruce get on that path because she knows he his money can be do better than whatever he's doing with it, and maybe who knows? Riddler unintentionally leads him down the path because I'm thinking if we're not getting anti-hero Riddler, we're gonna get Riddler that's trying to kill the Waynes off to you know, like because we've seen him kill the uh, the mayor and the district attorney. We know uh, Commissioner Savage is on that list. Yep. So yeah, maybe he's just trying to you know kill all the uh elites of gotham and batman's of course got to you know self-preservation save people so there's a lot of ways this film can go and i think each one has potential to be <laughs> high tier quality
0: yeah uh peter i think we're gonna leave it off there for our batman talk and i think both of us can agree uh march can't get here
1: soon enough I'd say the the (laughs) only reliable DC answer to anything Marvel or the MCU is doing right now is to put a uh, mentally damaged billionaire dressing up as a bat on screen (laughs) and even thought you have sounds like, here we go again.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if I, if I'm thinking right, we, there's no official release dates for like anything Marvel is, especially with the series. Um, but the movies, you got Multiverse of Madness that got pushed from late March to May, so, like, it's there for the taking. It's right there by itself to make all the money.
1: And again, Disney uh, Plus content, I it seems like nothing's really official at this point, so who knows? This could be by itself until it releases, which is really good for it marketing-wise.
0: Yeah, and uh, this is DC's big push right here, so having something like this by itself with... No Marvel property around it to be worried about. You, you got to feel good if you're DC, but yeah, March can't get here soon enough. I, I'm still kind of shocked that like, oh yeah, like what you said, it's two months out. It's like, huh, that's kind of, that's kind of crazy to think about right
1: now. About say they, they didn't give us the, uh, no way home trailer till literally two months out as well. Look how fast that got here. So this yeah. is a good sign.
0: Oh yeah. So all right, there's some of our talk about the Batman trailer. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it as well, and are as are and as excited as we are for this movie again. March, be be ready, get here. And all I can tell you Peter, is that Batman pod. If this if this movie's awesome, oh man, that's going to be a good one.
1: If it's bad, you're going to hear broken Peter Lewis for probably a good two hours. <laughs> <laughs> So,
0: guys, let's transition on. Of course, we are going to talk a little bit about Marvel here. We got a couple of things to talk about here before we get into our updated MCU rankings. Uh, maybe I. Uh, how do we? How should we go about this, Peter? Because, of course, we're going to talk about Hawkeye, and with the season finale or series finale of, of that series last week, but we got so many connections here within that show and with no way home from past netflix series so where do you gonna where do you want to go with here do you want to talk about uh what you just stumbled on or should we start with hawkeye first
1: i'd say let's sort of hawkeye because it's kind of the bigger bread and butter and daredevil can be second because kind of like how i always was with those netflix marvel shows was i know they were official but they were they never felt official official if you know what i mean but now that we've seen uh, Charlie Cox's Daredevil in uh, No Way Home, and now, of course, Vincent Defa- uh, DeFano? D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio in uh, Hawkeye. Spoiler alert, of course, <laughs> already <laughs> <laughs> for the Hawkeye review. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's more good to like discuss that towards the end because, again, maybe they're going to do a complete reboot because I can tell you six episodes into Daredevil Season 1, this, this is not MCU. <laughs>
0: Oh, it's not. So yeah. So I guess we'll start with Hawkeye here first. Again, season finale was last week or series finale. Yeah, we don't know, but we got the finale regardless last week, and we got a lot of Kingpin in this one, Peter. You mentioned spoiler alert. We got a lot of Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin in the MCU now, and uh, we've gotten teases all season long. The big guy, Uncle. We we got a tease of him and episode three and of course we got that huge bombshell at the end of episode five showing a picture of him with kate bishop's mom eleanor there so we finally got the big guy here in this final episode and you and me have had various discussions about this final episode what
1: did you think about it i honestly think in terms of the uh disney plus marvel shows this one probably had the strongest finale because I think my biggest complaint with uh WandaVision and uh Falcon Winter Soldier was because it was just, you know, s- since we all know these shows are basically movies, but they're stretched out, you know, keyword miniseries, of course, those two episodes, those two finales felt like, you know, just the big climax, you're kind of like just thrown right into it when every episode beforehand kind of, you know, mostly kind of like took its time a bit and then pushed you into the action. So they're always kind of like that. Uh. Mental gymnastic for me is like, oh, we're already. In. I'm not ready for, this. not ready for this. And then you slowly get into it. This I felt just like, you know, it's it took a slow start, which I think was good, and then it just from there it just picked up and didn't let go until the very end. And it, the the show overall was super satisfying, which surprised me a lot because the first three episodes, it, it's almost weird to say. I think the pacing was too good. Like, each episode went by so fast that when it ended, I was like, that's it? Like, well, well, no, that, that was 45 minutes of content, so that's good. But it felt like it went a little too quick. And the first episode was kind of like just, I felt like kind of just kept discussing the same ideas.
2: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, look, these last four were
1: exceptional. I, In terms of finale, I was very satisfied.
0: Yeah, you know, Peter, I mean, the pacing stuff, you know, with it being 45 minutes and like it going by, oh, wait, is it 45 minutes already? I mean, that's the thing I've brought up, that I've seen brought up uh, a whole lot with these MCU Marvel shows so far. I saw it brought up with WandaVision a little bit, with Falcon, with Loki, and of course, you bring it up here with seeing it in some of the first episodes of this series. I mean, you and me had a had a discussion about this. As far as finale, I I liked it, but I did think there's a little well, there's a lot they still had to do, and I, I mean, especially if you're bringing in Kingpin here, in this final episode here, I do start to wonder if maybe having an extra seventh or an extra eighth or eighth episode would have maybe kind of helped. Let things breathe, but if we're talking about like hey it's a short and confined story. we're having this, this, and this, but maybe add the seventh episode to kind of let things breathe out a little bit, maybe get people some time to understand this kingpin or if this is a a different kingpin than what we're used to from the Netflix series or whether this is the same exact guy, uh maybe it would have been better to get a little bit more time with him instead of just like the one episode. That we got. And maybe just let things breathe a little bit with him. His character. How he fits in the story. The story at large. Stuff like that. But I mean for the finale I enjoyed it. I felt like there's a lot of stuff that they had to kind of finish and tie up. And put a bow on. Not to, not to make a pun here with it being said at Christmas. But uh, I feel like that's also been a thing with the finales. Is that there's a bunch of stuff that they had to wrap up here pretty quickly as they were heading towards the finish line. But, uh, I mean, overall, I enjoyed the finale. I'm kind of like you. The first few episodes, they did feel like they went by a little bit fast. But, uh, as far as finale, I enjoyed it overall. I just felt like that they had a little bit too much to do, and maybe if they had, you know, an extra episode or two, maybe that would have helped it. But,
1: I Ad- adm- I enjoyed the series overall. Yeah, admittedly, the finale had... A lot of moving parts. I think for the most part, they kind of kept them all on the same track. Cause I, again, the, the A story, of course, was, uh, Kate and Hawkeye's mission to survive. I think then, of course, you had the introduction of Kingpin, Eleanor, then you had Echo and, uh, uh, her boyfriend's name, Ka- Kazi, that whole storyline going. Of course, we had elena returning in episode four and she wants to kill, uh, Clint Barton. That was set up in the Black Widow trailer. Uh of course you have the tracksuit the tracksuit mafia running around who were just great. We got the LARPers in there. We have Jack just beating <laughs> people's swords. I I kinda I think Jack got the least amount to do toward the end. Yeah. But he was very fun and I really do like the idea of him being a LARPer <laughs> I feel like he would get a kick out of that. I was like yeah, Jack. Well, was like, a, Jack was a great red herring in this uh show. I I think it was an obvious red herring. But it still had that like enough to be like, huh? Maybe there is something here. It's like, nope, he's just a guy who likes a sword fight. Yeah,
2: <laughs> he's very fun. Yeah,
0: yeah I, I don't I do like. I did like Jack here in this final episode. Like, he he was really fun. Just getting in on all the action, just taking out some of the tracksuit mafia, just stabbing them, killing them, all that stuff.
1: <laughs> I will say, because uh, I'm only I'm only six episodes in the Kingpin, and he appears after uh, episode three. So I can tell you, so far I'm getting simp Kingpin in my viewing of Daredevil. I didn't get that. Vibe. You embarrassed me in front of Vanessa. He's such a simp. I love it. I didn't get that vibe at all here. So because again, I know I have basically two more seasons to go, so I know development's going to happen. But just fun to see him here. Is pretty much my first time seeing this version of Kingpin outside of you know my Spider-Man readings when I was younger and uh, Michael Clark Duncan's underrated performance in the 2003 movie. Yeah, it, again, it was fun to see him. I, I think if you're not a comic book fan, you're going to be confused by it. But for me, I was like, "Oh, that's Kingpin. I know what he does. I know he's indestructible." We we see this man take a lot of abuse in this like uh, the span of like two minutes.
0: Yeah, he looks a whole lot bigger and stronger in uh, in uh, this one. I I I know I saw a lot of people mention the Hawaiian shirt, but that's actually from a comic that he was in with Spider Man. So I was like, <laughs> this is this is kind of funny that he's out here in his Hawaiian shirt. Uh, I do I think another pro- one problem that people have with this one is maybe like he wouldn't have gone out in the open like he did with Eleanor and try to kill her like that. But I mean, we still don't know if this is the exact same kingpin or not. A lot of stuff is saying maybe you know that maybe it is. But yeah, I mean, I think you got the general gist of what this guy's about. And uh, I'm very curious if it is the same exact Kingpin. I'm very curious about where they take his story going forward. Because at the end here, they they do a little bit of a classic shot where like you have that scene where it's him and Echo in the alleyway, and Echo has that gun ready to shoot at him. Mm-hmm. And of course, they turn away from it. And so, I know there's a panel in the comics where that happens, and He's temporarily blinded. So maybe that's something they go with.
1: I love how people online are were immediately just like, Oh, they ruined him. They brought him back to ruin him. It's Like first of all, you first of all in in comics, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time, no one ever dies off panel. So that <laughs> that's pretty much showing that the echo show, which uh I will tell I will say they kinda established Maya pretty well. I would say her introduction, the whole like uh when she was young was fantastically yes I, I love that a lot and we, and you know we kind of understand where her character is coming from and it kind of naturally develops into i guess more of a good person at the end yeah <laughs> but i'll say knowing how kingpin can take a lot of abuse and you know we saw all the things kate was throwing at him in that final fight that she <laughs> barely walked out alive with Kingpin can take abuse, so he's he's definitely coming back. And I know Echo. I think started out as a supporting character to Daredevil, so maybe that's how we get Charlie Cox back into this for real. So let me try that. Yeah. That, that Echo show. It went from being something I was like, "Huh, I'm not sure about Echo getting a show, but let's see what they do." And Foggy, he he always gets me like that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, just w- just when you think you're like I'm not gonna watch this, like oh you you, you've got my attention. I don't uh, know, why Matt Murdoch be- <laughs> <laughs> potentially coming back. Okay, <laughs> uh, Kingpin potentially in this. All right, so yeah, I mean, I definitely think that's a project that uh, Matt Murdoch could probably, That's he's most likely going to pop up in as well as probably the She Hulk series, which has been rumored. But there are a couple other things to talk about. Um, with this uh, with this series, of course, the relationship between Kate and Clint is at the heart of it. Uh, I know you were really excited about it because Hayley Steinfeld being introduced into the MCU. Uh, how'd you feel about Kate as you kind of got introduced to her and her story and about where she uh where she might go going forward, potentially, what, you know, with the Young Avengers?
1: What I really loved was uh, in the first episode they showed like that cult, that uh, animated montage of like her developing as you know an archer. Uh, fighter and all that, and in a way, I was like, oh, okay, they're probably gonna have her be instantly kicking. Ass. I was like, okay, it's superhero universe. I can forgive that. They kind of gave me something to go off on. But yeah, no, she is out of her element in like practically every scene she's in, and which is kind of, which is kind of uh, refreshing to to see because I was just completely thinking they were just gonna have her, you know, be the bad ass, Immediately Clint's like, oh, okay, you can be Hawkeye now, yada yada, I'm gonna retire or something like that. Yeah, no. Uh, she can handle herself, of course, but let's be real. she's still got a ways to go, and I, I think that was super evident every time she was with Elena. Who, <laughs> my God how how did how did Feige get two nominated uh, Oscar nominated actresses in one show <laughs> that are under the age of thirty? Uh, uh, I, how no, could I mean,
2: that?
1: I,
0: I, I he's Kevin Feige. <laughs> That's my only explanation for it. It's like, you seen what you seen this man's resume? That <laughs> there's your explanation.
1: He's got clout, but yeah. Anyway, especially the uh, the apartment scene, episode five. Like, you you just know when Elena's talking to her, Kate Bishop has zero chance in that confrontation. <laughs> like, you know, she again, she's kind of keeping up in episode six, but you can argue that Elena's so pressed on killing Barton. That maybe she's just, you know, kind of not giving her all at that moment. Because, you know, she knows Clint Barton's an Avenger working for her sister. So she, she knows he's a threat. But yeah, I, I will say, especially in the uh, the Kingpin fight, as we said, yeah, girl, girl should have died there, but got lucky with all the trick arrows. So, yeah, I, I will tell you, she definitely earned her place in the MCU. I'm really excited. She, she's such a smart ass. She's bullying I think the bullying got less prevalent as the episodes went on, but early on when she's just like bullying Clint, it was so great. <laughs> yeah. Thank God they call you Hawkeye and not Hawkeye because uh, he's losing his hearing in this show. <laughs> Which we should laugh at, but the way they played with it was it, it was it was a mix of comedy and at the same time you kind of like feel for this guy. Especially because uh, the first episode shows Tate Bishop was of course in New York City during the, uh, battle of New York in the 2012 Avengers movie. Yeah. And her whole inspiration for Hawkeye is, you know, him, the scene where he's jumping off the building and shooting the, uh, arrow to grapple into the window, which is, which is interesting because from her perspective, it's like this amazing, cool superhero thing. But for him in the reality of the movie, it was a survival last ditch effort thing. And they show it here as you know, something that kind of played into his hearing loss. So I really like that. Uh, I don't think disconnects the right word. Maybe foil is probably better. Like how one person yeah. views the superhero life and the other, like, like, no, no it, it, it definitely hurt him. Cause he is not Iron Man in that scene. <laughs> he's, he's just Clint Barton.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's one thing I liked about with what they did with Clint in here is kind of showed what the journey is like for, an Avenger and a, a superhero that doesn't have the powers of Tony or Thor or Cap really kind of play with the idea. And I, that was something that's, uh, that is really fun to play around with and really fun to see him kind of teach Kate about it's like, Hey, it, it looks all fun to, to your eyes, but when you're actually in it, it's hard, especially if you're somebody that has a bow and arrow that
1: doesn't have any superpowers. I love an uh, episode two when, uh, after they fight the tracksuits off, he's like, okay, we got to go get some supplies. And she's like, oh, we're going to get some secret adventure supplies. Like, no, they're just at the local Walgreens getting, you know, Neosporin and Band-Aids, all that to patch up her, uh her cuts and bruises. <laughs> Cause she was just, you know, in her first superhero fight, which I love how every episode it, it's prevalent. They're like, you know, Kate Bishop, it, again, she's just uh, uh, a college girl in the show. Who's yeah. been over her head, but has the passion to, to move forward, but you know,
2: he's not just there yet. Yeah, um, you you brought this back
0: up when talking about Hawkeye and ha- how some of his hearing loss played into this. I think one of my my favorite scenes throughout the whole series was that scene where, like, yeah, she does play off off of his hearing loss a little bit for comedy there early on, but she ends up helping him when he's he can't hear this conversation that he's trying to have with his son over the phone. Oh, that was brutal. And, uh, yeah, and we're like, she tries to help him. And like, that's one of my favorite things and kind of really, I think, helped their relationship move forward in a really good direction. Uh, another thing with Clint going on throughout this series is the whole thing going back to what happened with Endgame at Vormir, his time at as Ronan. Of course, we knew that we were going to get some more backstory on his time as Ronan, And we definitely got a whole lot of that, and that definitely played into him in the tracksuits with Echo, with her
1: character, and with Yelena, with a
0: whole lot of people.
1: This show acted as the Black Widow funeral we did not get in uh, Endgame, and we kind of (laughs) just glanced over before the the second snap happened. uh, Because you definitely feel like... I I think we can argue that cap was definitely the leader of the avengers but uh blackwood was kind of like the heart and soul and you're kind of yeah. realizing now more than ever that yeah the, the heart and soul of the avengers is is gone like it, it was her noble sacrifice to bring you know 50 percent of humanity back and like the person who's definitely hurting the most obviously would be clint and we're seeing that through his eyes when uh they go to the uh the absolutely awful rogers musical which is Everything I want it to be, it—it's terrible. It's absolute garbage. <laughs> it's exactly what I'm would still happen paying to go
0: and watch it. Jim. Oh, of
1: course. But it is—it is exactly what Broadway would do if superheroes were real. And I just loved it. But of course, he sees the actress playing Black Widow, and he is—he—he's—he's he, not having it. I just like how, as he discusses it, especially when he's you know, initially telling uh, Maya and. uh I, I I got his name a couple seconds ago and now it's gone. Ozzy? Kazi? Kazi. Yeah. yeah. We tell him, like, yeah, Ronan's dead. It's like, that's convenient. The, uh, cause he tells him Black Widow killed him. And he's like, yeah, I was there. It's like, oh, you understand that because, like, she, she got him out of that bad place. She's gone. <laughs> and of course, Yelena's running around to kill him because that's what, uh, now I kind of didn't understand this. So, I was initially thinking of the Black Widow credit that Val is just, you know, maybe trying to make a power play against the uh, Avengers. But they suggest that Eleanor hired uh, a Black Widow. I don't know if she knew Yelena was the one doing it or maybe Val just knew like, hey, I got the best one. I got the best widow to uh, kill Clint Barton here for you. Yeah, and uh, who's got got a direct connection to her? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, oh, we we get to see uh, Yelena blipped. And we get to see, like, just kind
2: of how instantaneous it was. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's one thing that they've showed in these Disney Plus series is the effects of, of the blip. And I really like the contrasting and how they showed how Elena's experience through the blip happened compared to Monica Rambeau's experience through the blip. Because if you remember Monica's experience, the way they played that whole sequence, it was kind of very slow and eventually, all of her comes back together. With here, they they showed I I guess another perspective of what it would be like if somebody blipped. Like it was just like for five seconds, and like they were not here. Then poof, here they are again.
1: It 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 really is going to help Wanda because like you're going to know if like where Wanda was at that time, like all she lost, and like just know like it was that instantaneous like within but like literally she didn't have a second to process it and then you know visions dead all that battle uh at the avengers hq happens and then you know she's like like for her that, that was just a day <laughs> there, yeah. there was no five-year period for it it was literally within a couple minutes she went to seeing uh vision die and then immediately learned that yeah it's been five years and he's uh just basically parts at that point <laughs> like that yeah. that brutal I, and of course, I immediately yeah. added that to my uh, Wanda did nothing wrong notes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, but of course, uh, but listen, that whole thing is really like you said; it's kind of like a Black Widow funeral, realizing how pay, big her impact was, especially on Clint, and subsequently as we see Elena introduce in episode four, and. How'd you feel about Yelena being brought on this show, especially in that finale? That's something else that had to be resolved is her and Clint kind of talking about what actually happened. And of course the, the, the thing happened, you know, Clint says wh- exactly what happened. Yelena doesn't believe him. You know, that's kind of be expected. How'd you feel that played out?
1: I am kind of curious about what the public knowledge of, uh, uh, the events of the snap are because in, uh, far from home, we kind of see on one of the tablets, they have like documentaries about, you know, Thanos, the gauntlet and the, the stones and all that. So I, I almost think that Natasha Romanoff's sacrifice has to be public knowledge with how Vormir was. That'd be my guess, but it, it either seems like Yelena doesn't know that or is ignoring that fact and, you know, kind of thinking that, you know, it wasn't a sacrifice it was you know clint truly threw, threw her off again I, I we i don't know exactly what's going through lena's mind maybe it was just you know the the, the trauma because the first thing she realizes when she's been blipped for five years is she wants to see natasha and of course yeah. that, that can't happen because she did the sacrifice for the soul stone and i think it's as they're fighting especially the uh the good use of the uh their secret whistle i think to show her that yeah Maybe maybe she did know the story about the Soul Stone and Vormir, and like seeing, uh, hearing Bart know about the whistle and what he knows about her. Maybe yeah. that kind of clicked for her. Like, no, it it was a sacrifice, and she's just got to accept that.
0: Yeah, and you see, it really hurts
1: for her to hear that. I will say, I saw this uh, comment on Twitter <laughs> that annoyed me to death <laughs> because it's a Snyder Cut fan who's you know just first of all, why are you here, dude? It's it's 2021. Get a life. But they were basically like, oh, so we're we're gonna give the the whistle a pass, but not Martha. Imagine defending the Martha line in 2021. <laughs> what a loser. <laughs> but yeah, uh... the whistle made complete sense from a story standpoint because again, that's something that only she and uh, Natasha knew, and the fact that Clint knows it tells her everything that like, oh no, they. They truly were that close, and, you know, she has to, unfortunately, accept that, yeah, her sister's gone, which, you know, we're all still bummed about, too. Yeah. I'm I'm starting to think, the Watcher kind of sucked in What If, because, you know, hey, our universe, the one that pays for all of this, doesn't have a Black Widow anymore, but this this one random animated show gets it? When they have Captain (laughs) Marvel flying around? Get out of here. Get out of here, Kevin.
0: (laughs) So, uh, Overall, I mean, I thought this was a, a pretty solid series. And also, I mean, listen, it's around Christmas time. Y- you can't beat that. That's always a, a, a little fun aspect to to
1: play around with, with oh. the whole Christmas. And we have the, the real MVP of Lucky the Pizza Dog, of course. Yo. <laughs> and uh, some fun things. We found out that, uh, yes, Tony Stark was indeed correct in Age of Ultron. The wife was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Yeah, <laughs> I still don't know the significance of the watch and why the tracksuits wanted it, but there's probably a season two at this point, so maybe we'll get more of that, but that was just a weird thing to introduce and, you know, kind of don't go anywhere with.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. But it's a nice thing, and you home. know, Clint makes it home in time for Christmas. Kate's Kate's part of the family now. It's all great. It's a good ending.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: So I guess I'm, if there's anything else that needs to be said about Hawkeye, I guess, Peter, oh, we mentioned this right at the top, one thing that you've been doing here is, you've been watching Daredevil on Netflix about six years too late that you
1: that you brought up. Yep. Uh, uh, and again, my my reasoning was pretty much the same as when it came out in 2015. I was like, oh, that sounds cool and all, but is it real MCU? And I think when my friends told me how violent it was, I was like, sure. Okay. It, it's gonna matter. <laughs> and you know, it, it, in, in my defense, to some extent, you know, within the MCU films, it, it was, it was never really acknowledged, like what Daredevil and all them were doing. So I was like, okay, this is just, you know, more for maybe the fans. And, uh, yeah, seeing, uh, Charlie Cox and, uh, Kingpin now officially in here again. We don't know how much of that is going to transfer over. Maybe Karen and Foggy come back. Maybe not. I hope so from what I've seen so far. <laughs> One of them one of them dies, don't, don't don't they? I'm setting
2: myself up for failure here, aren't I? <laughs> uh no.
1: Oh good. Especially foggy. What a bro.
2: <laughs>
1: but I love the how this he whole time him. I could I could have been calling twenty uh Battle of New York the incident.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: It, you, you know, uh, honestly, he might be a little bit
0: of a better lawyer than than uh than Matt as evidence from uh me seeing
1: seasons two and three here within the last three weeks. But like I said at the beginning, I'm uh, only six episodes in. I could have probably finished it, but I, uh, I finally got a Netflix account in my name for the first time since probably 2014, to be honest with you. <laughs> and uh, I finally got to stranger things as well and finished that first season all uh, yesterday. So got a little off oh, track man. here, but I'm super behind <laughs> in a lot of stuff on Netflix <laughs> outside of uh times when I was a parasite on people's accounts for uh, Queen's Gambit and uh, Irishman. That was really about it the past three years for me. (laughs) But yeah, six episodes in. I gotta say, this feels like what DC thinks it's doing, but clearly isn't. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is... The moment I saw the blood and gore, I was like, this is MCU now? (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know how Kevin's gonna get around that, but... Good luck, dude.
0: Uh, maybe Hulu. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that maybe, may the... maybe. I,
1: I kind of like how he he's kind of Daredevil from the beginning. Of course, it's not the suit. It's just, you know, this, this black getup. But we're kind of getting some hints of why he started to do what he did. And yeah, everything they introduce starts to interact with each other as it goes on. And I really don't have a lot I really have zero complaints to be honest with you. It's the, the only one I could think of is the pacing definitely feels longer. Like th- there were, there were times like, especially three and four where I was like, it's had to be there. There's, there's only like 10 minutes left, isn't there? 25. <laughs> I want to win. Yeah. I want to do this all, but <laughs> not like this. Yeah. But I, yeah, the, some the,
0: episodes the, definitely feel like that.
1: But yeah, the, um. the, the tone are great. I love the whole, how they portray the backstory with, uh, his father, the boxer, and like how all that went down, how they introduced you know how he became blind, and you know how even when he was a kid, you know he he saved someone that was the price he paid, but yeah, the lawyer stuff's very fun, the uh mystery behind it, all these like all these characters that are very interesting especially, especially the uh the Russians, and how they introduce you know, Karen foggy, and all them, uh Claire temple, of course, I, I think she's the main loving
2: was she the main love interest in the comics? Um, I don't know. I'm not sure. But I wasn't
1: I, I big on Daredevil.
2: Yeah, me neither.
1: But it was. But hey, I, fun I, to see. Uh, I always like Rosario Dawson's acting, so it's very fun to see her in this as well. So, Homegirls yeah. getting two Disney checks now: Star Wars and Marvel. Good on her.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't want to go too into it. I imagine
1: since. This is kind of maybe MCU now for sure. We'll probably definitely do some reviews of the seasons as I go on with it. But I can say, uh, six episodes in, I really like pretty much everything I'm seeing, especially this most recent, this most recent one, Condemned. It almost feels like the perfect place to end before I get into the last half of the season because just great, uh, development with Vladimir making the sacrifice for Daredevil at the end, uh, fisk basically pulling a 180 on me and like shooting the corrupt detective just to make a point i mean (laughs) and also uh ben Ben eric i I remember him uh reading spider-man uh one of the daily planet uh or uh daily planet you you dc idiot the daily bugle (laughs) (laughs) staff i I like that i like just you know things things that comic book readers will understand and we're getting to see him in a a very good light i i love that they made this a tv show not a movie Especially yeah. for something like Daredevil, because like the the two thousand three one has a special place in my heart. Because you know I was a stupid kid when I saw it, so of course I thought it was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I, I will still argue Michael Clark Duncan as Kingpin was perfect casting. I will I will never disagree with. I will never uh, be against that. Ben like yeah, he he was kind of bad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love how this is taking his time and kind of like a character who should get a show rather than a movie in a way because there's just so much to to kind of do with what he does like and, you know how his his powers i really like how they kind of poke fun at the blindness but not you know like low-hanging fruit comedy like it's it's what naturally two people like foggy and uh and uh matt would who knew each other for a while would be joking like but they also kind of play into the, the the sadness of it, and how he turned it into a power, which I really like. Just seeing this man, you know, shut down all his senses and like his hearing just peak, you know, peak yeah. hearing, and he can hear people's heartbeats from you know the the next floor up to like know someone's coming. Like this guy's dangerous. And well, let me tell you, if he was in the MCU during some of these uh, events after he premiered in twenty fifteen. Oh boy! Imagine this man in the uh, Civil War uh, airplane scene. <laughs> oh yeah!
0: I'll tell you what, Peter. It, yeah, it's, you're only six episodes in, but it's gonna get it's gonna get a lot more fun. I think I think you're gonna really enjoy the rest of season one. Season two is the one, like we talked about pre-show, is the one that is out of the three seasons, probably on the lower side. But it's still a good, solid season. And then season three, which I just finished a couple weeks ago with Way uh about to premiere. It's because I, I knew Charlie Cox was going to be in this. I feared he would be with all the rumors and stuff. Like, he's going to be in this. So l- let me finish Daredevil first. And so I think you're going to have a really good time with the back half of season one. And I think you're going to have a great time with season two and season three. Season two... And a couple of my favorite episodes, probably of the whole series uh, with uh, which, what we talked about with the Punisher appearing in season two. And so I, I'm looking forward to hearing how how you react to all, all these other episodes with season one and the other two seasons.
1: I'm looking forward to it. It should be fun. I'm really excited to see how uh, Kingpin goes from a simp to a uh, brutal mob boss. I'm really excited to see how that plays out. <laughs> <laughs> Because he's a total simp in these first three episodes. I love it. <laughs> I just realized if, the, if these uh, Netflix shows become official MCU canon, the, the re rank next year is going to be brutal. <laughs> I, I,
0: I, I don't even want to
1: think about that right now. <laughs>
2: so I, I will well, tell you,
1: yeah, I... six episodes in, once I'm done with Daredevil all three seasons, I'll definitely move on to Punisher, Jessica Jones, and uh, Luke, Luke Cage and all them because. This seems like it's it's worth my time, and I wish I knew that back no. in twenty fifteen.
0: <laughs> well, Peter, what matters is you do now better late uh, better late than never. Oh,
1: that's how I am with Stranger Things. <laughs> 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 You're telling me we we own a writer was putting on an acting clinic for six years, and I didn't really understand that. Wow, I'm stupid.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, anyway.
0: I'm looking forward to hearing how uh, Peter reacts to Daredevil, and hopefully he loves it as much as I've come to love it, as much as its hardcore fans have come to love it. So I guess, you know, we got a good transition over to, you know, speaking of rankings, uh, Peter, the last time we did these rankings, I believe was like around July 2019, right when Far From Home came out. I believe that was around the time, we did our 100th views episode, which, hey, that's funny coincidence since it's the 100th entertainment episode. So different podcast, but kind of a different feeling here with it being 100 episodes in on this podcast. But it's needless to say, it's been a while since we've had to rank the MCU. And of course, last year we didn't have anything due to the pandemic. This year we got nine projects, five shows. Four movies that are added into this, giving us a total of, I believe, around 32 MCU projects.
1: Okay, that good. Are... that's what I have as well. <laughs> I, I, I hope that, that math was times. right. Yeah, I triple-checked it multiple times to make sure it was 32 projects we were looking at. I, still like, I feel like we're missing something. But hey, <laughs> now, we, now I do know. It's Daredevil this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I'll say this for the shows now. We kind of agreed that we put season one in parentheses next to if we know they're a season. I think Falcon Winter Soldier and, uh, WandaVision are their own things at the moment. If that changes down the road, of course, we'll just, you know, retroactively say season one because these, all these shows were essentially just movies in miniseries form. And I consider miniseries to be just a movie. I mean, if you so, think, I'll how do we do Daredevil? Because that's, definitely a tv show
0: <laughs> yeah so what if uh, yeah definitely get see season two so we'll have that with season one uh falcon of course i mean we're getting captain america 4 which uh, i kind of forgot like oh hey they made the announcement shortly after falcon ended
1: they have announced like and... so much over the the past couple months that i'm i'm kind of with you i'm like what am i getting what are we getting in the next few years yeah well I'll tell you right off the bat, I
0: definitely think early next year, I think the thing I've heard the most is that we're getting early is probably Moon Knight, which uh, I'm really curious to see how that series is going to go with Oscar Isaac, Ethan Hawk, and uh, the, the Moon Knight character, because he's an interesting one. So if uh, he's up oh. first, and I think that should be a really interesting start.
1: But needless to say, it's very dark, but very funny. That's going to be fun with uh, MCU.
0: Yeah, especially if you're bringing in some supernatural elements. You got the ebony blade that was introduced in Eternals. And then you got the freaking blade coming in here. So, it, it should be fun. But, we got 32 projects to rank, Peter. And, uh, if we talked about it. I was like, oh boy, this is going to be a long one. This is going to be a tough one. So, I guess needless to say... Let's get started with this. So, Peter, how did you decide to put your rankings in order this time around?
1: So, initially, I did just you know a one through thirty-two list, and it was kind of just like, in somewhat a way, I was kind of like doing like a tournament where I was like, okay, Iron Man's one is Hulk better than no. Okay, what about Iron Man two? Is it better than Hulk? Yes. Is it better than Iron Man two? No. So I kind of started doing that, but I wasn't. I it felt like it wasn't working out well. So then I just did a. Uh, classic internet uh tier list s through f and i basically just looked at the film titles like that's a tier that's f tier that's you know etc and then i kind of ordered it within that tier and then put everything one through 32 so i can tell you uh now let me tell you ryan that kevin feige of course my s tier was exactly 10 films or projects i should say <laughs> at this moment so yeah of course my top 10 is all s tier the best tier you can get only four of them were in the A tier, which kind of surprised me. Mm. Uh, and the biggest one was the B tier of 11 projects. So, uh, good on Kevin Feige. One through 25 of my rankings is, uh, a year above. So that's <laughs> good on him. And it, it's kind of important too, because there are things that I'm a little lower on, but I don't necessarily hate. And I really like that I did it the, uh, the tier list because like, oh yeah, yeah this thing, Is definitely going to be in people's top fives, but for me, I'm only at a B, which I still think is good. Yeah. So, so no, if it's one through twenty five, I think it's def. It would definitely get me a trip to Chuck E. Cheese on Saturday when I was younger. (laughs) That's (laughs) all. That's how bad my grades were, folks. (laughs) But yeah, Uh, for uh, twenty through thirty two, I had two C's, four D's, and one F. So again. 25 of the 32 is batting, you know, a trip to Chuck E. Cheese. That's not bad. No. no.
0: So, I think one of the things we were talking about uh, pre-show was, you know, just, you know, having nine projects in here. We're going to have some stuff a little bit lower on the list, but we still really like. And so, that's just not a matter of, you know, us being down on it. That's just you know, they've added a whole lot of other stuff that's been really good and that we all like. So, I mean, I feel like generally that's going to be the conversation as we get more and more projects added to, the, to these lists, to these rankings. Uh, you know, especially as we get into next year in 2023, I think that's definitely going to be the case. But so just because we have something a little bit lower, maybe that doesn't mean we necessarily are looking down on it. It's just like we just had a lot of projects this year and we had some pretty good ones. That, uh, that we're going to be ranking. So pretty much from what we talked about pre-show and we're going to reiterate it here is that since you guys have been around for a couple ranking shows in the past, you probably know our thoughts on some of the films that were in the MCU from Iron Man one all the way to far from home in 2019. So you guys probably know all of our thoughts on those, but you know, again, some rankings might've changed with those films because We've had a lot of downtime, Peter. I don't know if you've noticed in the last couple of years to be able to do that.
1: Oh, uh, 2020, during like the first two months of the pandemic, uh, thanks to me being a parent on your Disney Plus account, thank you as always.
2: <laughs> You're welcome.
1: I watched everything, everything MCU-related in the course of a month. And I can tell you, uh, some things that were very low in 2019 are probably going to surprise people. And one for sure is going to annoy a certain Matt Mormon who's not here. <laughs>
0: Like, a
2: lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean,
0: I've done a, a couple rewatches watches here at, since the pandemic hit. Funny enough, I actually did a couple of rewatches. I think one was out of order with my sister, who doesn't really pay that much attention to the MCU, but she's kind of gotten into it because of WandaVision. Uh, so, Peter, there's another person that loves Wanda right there. Hey,
2: I'll
0: take it. <laughs> but... She really got into with that, and so I kind of showed her all these movies, and so I'm curious to see what her rankings would be, but 2019, yeah, it's been a long time, and some things are starting to have changed between then, and I can already tell you right now, looking at my 2019 rankings, yeah, there's a little bit of a change here, and the way I did them, I kind of did them in tiers as well. I went to the good old Tier Maker and uh, did them there, and the way I put them together is... I I went and put tears with I had tears with really good, good, uh, above average, average and below average. So that's how I set mine up. My most I have most films in the really good stage, although. Peter, I think with some of these rankings, I think for a couple of these movies, it depends on what day. It depends on how we're feeling on on what day about these films.
2: Yeah,
1: because I'll be real. Uh, when I rewatched Thor: The Dark World last year, I kind of exited like, "Wait, that was actually pretty good." <laughs> <laughs> like, if, if that Peter was still there, I may mean, have shot people. Thor: Thor Dark World may have been a B or C tier. <laughs> <laughs> but upon another rewatch, I was like, you know, it's still got some obvious problems, but not F tier for me. So again, little spoiler for that when we get to that, but i say some things definitely improved with uh, maybe age or maybe just me forgiving some certain aspects of watching it in a new light and others just, you know, it's so bad. How am I the only one who sees this? It's so stupid. <laughs> so, right, I think in classic, uh, stat, I think how we've done the past two times is we just uh, go by release order and just, you know, say where it was on the list. For uh, maybe 2008 through, I'd say probably 2018, we'll probably go by fairly quick. Unless, you know, yeah. one of us is completely shocked or very moved up or down. Yeah. <laughs> so with that out of the way, all right. 1 through 32. Are you ready, Ryan? Uh, I'm about as raised I'll ever be, so let's get this underway. All right, the daddy of them all, 2008 Iron Man. I have it in the A tier, but it's at number 12.
0: Okay. I got Iron Man in my good tier. And for me, it, it took a little bit of a drop. It was six in 2019 and now it's sitting at number 11. And okay. Again, it's, it's like when it's a product of like, there's been so many projects that Marvel and Feige have put out there. And also again, opinions change. So Iron Man one takes a little bit of a dip for me, but I still think it's one of the, better MCU movies that we've had. And, crap, they again, on the first try, come on.
1: I'll see. It, it I think we said in the, pre, the previous two rankings, it definitely feels much more tame compared to where we are now. <laughs> Especially if uh, Tony Stark's eul- eulogy that he recorded at the end of Endgame was like, yeah, if you told me a decade ago there'd be aliens, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised but not on this scale, which it, it kind of feels like where the MCU starts, like, yeah, we have all the tools in the world, but we don't know if we're going to be able to get to them. And of course we did. And yeah, I I still think it holds up. I mean, it established every established Iron Man for the next decade. Like that's kind of crazy. Like everything we've seen since that 2008 movie is basically just an extension of that movie with just, you know, logical development, but it always circles back to that. I think, yeah, it's definitely an eight tier film. It's always good upon rewatch. And yeah, I, of course the daddy of them all, is still good. What a shock. (laughs) Alright, next we have, also in 2008, The Incredible Hulk. And this one feels like it has to have an asterisk next to it because Edward Norton never returned. There was, I mean, they just kind of erased Betty Ross and Ross for a long time. And unsurprisingly, it was my one F-tier film at last in 32.
0: Uh, Same for me here, but, you know, we're starting to see them bring some elements back from that film. Of course, we've seen uh, Thunderbolt Ross in a couple films here, including one this year with Black Widow. And we're seeing, we're seeing abomination being brought back into the fold. And we saw him in Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. And we so, find out uh, Betty Ross back in what if. Yeah. So like they're, they're bringing a couple elements back from that incredible Hulk film in 2008. But I'm like you, it's in my below average tier. I got it at number 32. And honestly, Peter, I think in 2019 it was, oh, I think I had Dark World below it, <laughs> but and honestly, since the pandemic hit, I don't think I've still watched it and and you know
1: in full. So,
0: yeah, it sits at 32 for me.
1: <laughs> I should say yeah, I did I did like because I don't think Incredible Hulk's on Disney Plus, or if it was, I just skipped it. So I probably yeah. haven't I probably have not seen this film in for sure a decade, and I really other than Stanley's cameo, like I have like really big brain think what what this movie was but i don't really want to because it almost feels like it's not canon anymore even though they brought some characters back but again like they're they're not referring to that film anymore no no (laughs) all right moving on to 2010 we have iron man 2 i've always been higher on it than most people it's in my B tier, but it's at number 21
0: uh, for me, it's still one of the lower films for me. It's still thirty. It's thirtieth for me in these rankings. It's in my average tier. Uh, looking back at twenty nineteen, it was one one of my lower films as well. So there's no really kind of big change in there. But there are elements of Iron Man two that I think are, are really good. Again, the whole Black Widow stuff with her and with introducing her and there, I think is just awesome. So. It's just, it's still a little bit low for me.
1: Okay. i say I I completely understand the uh, criticism. It's always been level, but for me, it never really affected it too much. Like I say, I'm never going to be crazy. like it's better than you know Endgame. Like I'm, I'm not I'm not stupid. <laughs> I'm insane. <but> I'm not <laughs> stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but hey, average. I'll take average. Moving on to the year of our Lord 2011. That is a decade ago. Everyone feel old and panic. We had Thor, and I have it in my C tier
2: at number twenty-six. <laughs> That's
0: actually very funny, Peter. I have it at twenty-five for me. Wow! Okay. And, uh, so we're we're thinking along the same same lines here. I have it in my average tier, and uh, of course, it, it was twentieth in my rankings a couple years ago. Of course, we've had more projects added. But I think for me, it kind of went up a little bit, and I think that's just based off of rewatches and seeing the discourse and talking about the first Thor film, which I'm, like, in rewatching it, I actually like the story of it. I like the score, the the Thor theme that, you know, you don't hear brought back a whole lot in the MCU after this movie, but you kind of get a, you kind of hear it a little bit there at the end with Ragnarok when he's officially taking the throne. But there are elements of this Thor movie I thought that were pretty good and that were pretty solid. And of course, I mean, it introduced one of Matt's favorites and Darcy. So it has that going for it.
1: Say, i would say I did not take simping into account in these rankings, but if I did with Natalie Portman and uh, Kat Denning, it probably would have been uh, in the beach here at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, like, like, like uh, you kind of alluded to, when I rewatched it last year, I was like, oh, this is actually kind of a little more funny than I remember. I actually think Thor's pretty good here. And I think I said in the previous two re-rings that I think this is a film that should have had like a big, stupid destruction battle in a bigger city. I don't know. Third time around, I was kind of just like, you know what? I dig it. I dig the vibe. And because yeah. you know, the big battle wasn't the point. It was you know Thor learning to be worthy again. You know what? It worked for me. I I kind of forgot how good Loki was the first time around. I I think it was just one of those things where. He was so overexposed immediately after I was kinda like, Oh, Loki again. But yeah, no. Tom Hiddleston's first run with Loki was solid. I like a lot of the characters. They're all ridiculous. It's part of Fury's big week. So you know what? Yeah. I think a C is definitely more worthy than probably the D I would have given it the past two times. Yeah. Also in 2011, we're moving on to Captain America the First Avenger. It is the highest of my A tier at number 11.
0: Alright, for me it sits in the good tier for me, and it's right there at number 12. So not too far off again from you, right there. Um, for me, it I think I had it as my number 11th film in 2019. So, uh, again, there's some similar thinking there. I mean, Peter we did a whole podcast dedicated to the, to this movie
1: and I was just about to say I don't think we have to go too far into it. I yeah. I know a lot of people are lower on it than most of uh, us but for me it's always for me it kind of like really got me like Marvel's cool. Yeah. All right, so moving on we're at 2012 with the Avengers. It is in my B here at number 19.
0: For me I I think back, you know, if this film doesn't work then there's some serious questions about the MCU going forward. It's a big team-up film. And uh I I don't know. I mean, if this film doesn't work, it could fall into a similar line to what like how Justice League completely didn't work. So, who knows? That's an entire what if thing by itself. Uh for me, it falls in my good tier, a really good tier, sitting at number 7 Ooh. uh in 2019. It was at number five, so it took a little bit of a dip. But I still think, e- even after rewatching it, and I have not seen it in a long time. Of course, the Avengers films that they show pretty much on cable that you see a whole lot now are either Age of Ultron, they're starting to show Infinity War, Endgame. So you don't really see a whole lot of the first Avengers. And rewatching that, I mean, I'm, I look back on when I first saw this and just how awesome it was just seeing this film and seeing only, like holy crap they actually got it to work and also you got the Thanos tease at the end and you got a whole lot of people there looking up Thanos and what that might lead to down the road so for me I gotta put it in at number at number 7 I gotta put it in my really good tier
1: I was one of those I was one of those people back in 2012 I was like who's this purple guy <laughs> <laughs> oh it's their <laughs> dark side like That's right <laughs> but yeah uh, kind of in an opposite way with where I am for Iron Man like it's, compared to all the Avengers films it's definitely the most tame like a big part of it is you know, them fixing the uh, the helicarrier mm-hmm. it's like that kind of goes down a bit but again I still think it's a B tier film it's definitely one if you put on right now I'd be like yeah I'll definitely do Avengers again because I, I remember when it came out I, I was very interested I left like oh Marvel is cool Alright, moving on to 2013, we have Iron Man 3. Again, with Iron Man 2, it won't surprise you. I'm higher on it than most. It's in the B tier ahead of Iron Man 2 at number 20.
0: Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's the same for me. It's, uh, I've, I really kind of come to see kind of your side of things on where Iron Man 3 falls and hey. you know, I think and I think, you know, in watching these movies with my sister, you know, I she really liked the arc that Tony had, especially through his films with how Iron Man 3 with where it took him and dealing with all of his anxiety and PTSD. And so for me, I got it at number 22. It's, uh, I have it in my above average tier. Okay.
1: This might be a little controversial to people, but I kind of think this is, this was, uh, Robert Downey Jr. at his best as Tony Stark because he's doing a lot. The PTSD obviously it got lost as we went on but it made a lot of sense here and I really liked how he portrayed that. I love how he's just, he's still Tony Stark he's an a-hole, he's he's just roasting this kid the the whole time which was always great. (laughs) And you know again similar to Iron Man 1, the box of scraps. We see him without the suit he's still
2: a smart reliable guy and you know Shang-Chi kind of Justify the Mandarin, Ben
1: Kingsley's uh Trevor in a way. That was, it's, but it's still years later. I'm still like, that's the biggest problem with this film. It's like, it sets up this terrorist idea, which is so cool, and then it's just a complete one-eighty. And like, you just have, you know, this again. I'm not an Iron Man fan of the comics at all, so I don't know if Killian's like a big in that universe. I'm sorry, Iron Man fans. I'm not 100 percent with his road gallery. But to me it was always like, you know, it's like introducing advertising Joker, but it turns out the whole time, you know, Firefly was Joker. It's like it I mean, it could work, but it's it's so stupid hard to do, why would you do it? Yeah. But again, everything else, I love I love the comedy in this one. I love the action, especially him saving the people on the uh Air Force One. I never had a problem with Pepper getting the powers and saving the day in a way, and you know, uh, it's always funny because uh i remember reading back in 2013 he was not recent, he he didn't have a contract after this film so it kind of felt like a an araba in a way but thankfully he came back you know for a lot of money <laughs> 10 minutes in spider-man homecoming i think he made like 25 million dollars i think that's what he's like we gotta kill him we have to kill him <laughs> <laughs> We can't keep paying this man this
0: much
2: for that amount of screen 25, million, 25 million for 10 minutes? What are we doing, guys?
1: <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, moving on, also in 2013, the first one in November, Thor The Dark World. Again, similar to Thor. I almost put it in my C tier, believe it or not. But I, I kind of came down to a D tier, because despite all I like in it that I didn't realize the first Time I saw in theaters, it's still a film that kind of doesn't justify its existence, it, which is crazy because it's introducing a stone. Well, well, you know the reality goo, which I <laughs> just <as, as> always <laughs> picture Scott laying in Endgame, listening to that story. <laughs> but yeah, it's just the villains are 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 just they're bad. I'm not gonna work around; they're, they're not yeah. good. I, I forget what I forget what they wanted half the time it was it was something of like the the worlds aligning yeah like they were gonna like do something with jane foster in the the reality I, I don't know but you know yeah outside of that yeah thor was actually kind of more funny than i realized here i like how him and Natalie portman are i like how you get loki in there as well uh <laughs> darcy with her intern was great the professor just <laughs> <laughs> losing his mind was great Th- there's a lot of good here that i realized but you know the big problem is it just doesn't feel like it understands why it's happening if that makes sense
0: yeah i mean i i feel i feel a lot of the same way about, about you do about dark world there's there's a couple things in here that i like but yeah it's really hard to kind of wrap around like what is the what's the main through line of this story for me yeah i mean it's it's still low for me it's 31 for me it's in my below average tier but there are elements of this film that I really like. Again, the whole Loki part, the Loki part with their mom. And, oh yeah, uh, I I thought that stuff was was great in this, but yeah, I I got some of the same thoughts that you do about this one. It's a, uh, it it's not it, it's not good, but there's a couple things in here that you can pick. And I was like, I I really like that.
1: I can't remember if I said twenty nine or not, but that's where this plays. But yeah, that's. It's like you had a perfect essay, but there were just like misspellings everywhere. And you're just like, What what were you doing? What is wrong
2: with you? <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the
1: dark world. But hey, you know what? I feel like that's the nicest we've ever we've ever been to it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Here we go. We're getting into the meat and the potatoes of 2014. Captain America, the winter soldier, it was number one in my previous two lists. I know that. This time around, it's number
2: three. In, oh, oh man! I, I so, can't believe I did it either.
0: Yeah, that that's a we got a shocker here, everybody. So there's our first big change that uh that we got here in these rankings. So 2019, this was number four for me. Oh wow! And I think look, I think looking back and looking at my rankings now, it's still sitting at number four. Okay. So, like, I mean, again, we did a whole podcast talking about Winter Soldier. You guys know our thoughts on Winter Soldier. If you want to know a little bit more on it, go check out that pod as soon as you're done listening to this.
1: I will say, for for number two, I kind of was always playing with it, being ahead of it. And for number one, I mean, yeah, let's see, we'll get to it, but again, it's in my S tier. I love it. Th- three is not bad. Three's bronze medal. You're you're gonna you're gonna be on the podium for that one. Yeah. But again, in, in a way, I'm kind of happy it's three because that just shows that you know what? Yeah, the MCU is improving quality wise. Because if that's number one forever, it's kind of just like it's, it's kind of like how The Dark Knight is for the DC films. It's just like how do you get past that? Because you have to get past it to like you know keep interest in a way and show people that you you should have faith in it. So. Again, it's always going to hold a special place in my heart, but yeah, you know what? It just, it just shows. The MCU, it's, it's chugging along good. And also in 2014, probably the biggest surprise in Marvel history doing a Guardians of the Galaxy film and having it succeed as well. Unsurprisingly, I think it's an S-tier film at number nine.
2: Uh I have
0: it in my really good tier at number eight. Um, Peter, this is one of those films that it, it depends on the day that you ask me. I might have this a little bit higher or I might have exactly where it is or maybe one spot lower. But I have it for me at sitting at number eight and i sitting at number seven in 2019. So okay, not not too big of a change there. But I mean, like you said, I mean, this was like one of those films like they can do this. Oh, man, then they can do anything.
1: I literally had never heard of Groot, Drax, Gamora, Rocket Raccoon or any of them before this film and after that I was just like that that, that was fun. <laughs> again, I I think from 2012 to 2016 it was just for me like Marvel is cool. <laughs> and again, that's that was coming from a DC fan, so <laughs> that has some link to it. <laughs> All right, moving on to 2015, we have the sequel to the Avengers, Avengers Age of Ultron. And I know this was very low on my list the past two times, but upon rewatch, Ryan, it is the highest of my B tier at number 15. Oh wow. I really enjoy this now. <laughs> there's there's still stupid problems, because it's that's why it's not the yeah. A tier, but you know, again, maybe that's because I know how much of a pos josh whedon is but yeah I, I just think again the big problem is it's still basically the avengers one with just ultron now i still don't i still never got into james spader's kind of like comedic ultron like what if ultron is what if ultron should have been ultron this film without the the uh stones of course but yeah outside of that the character interaction's fun the action's great of course, it introduces it introduces the love of my life, Wanda. <laughs> and you know what? I, I forgot Clint Barton is kind of the MVP of this movie. <laughs> like, you he's getting bullied in the Hawkeye show. Oh, he's getting bullied here. He's but he's funny about it. He's got all the cool scenes. He has that famous, you know, we're on a rock fighting robots. and I have a bow. This makes no sense. <laughs> like, it's one of the few times the filmmakers do a wink, wink, nod, nod. I'm like, yeah, that, that's actually a good. That's a good point. Yeah, again, I don't know what it is. Maybe, maybe this is a sign of brain damage. But hey, at the moment, if you ask me, Peter, do you like Age of Ultron now? I do, because remember, Avengers was number 19 for me, and this was 15. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think,
0: yeah, as time has gone on, I think a lot of people, are, No, this is just me guessing, that I think a lot of people are a little bit more higher on Age of Ultron uh, now. Like you said, yeah, it still has some of its problems, but there's a lot of really good, fun stuff here. A lot of stuff that foreshadows future events that we see later come to pass in subsequent films down the road. For me, it was, what, number 13 in 2019? So, it that's, was already... That no, it's not. And that's for, not me, it, for here, me here, it's... In 20s. Yeah, so... For me here it's sitting at number 17 but I think again it's a product of like we've had so many projects and so many of our thoughts have changed but I still really like Age of Ultron. it's in my I got I got to look at where I put it it's in my good tier I believe so I got a yeah, lot amazing. of stuff in my really good and good tier uh this is on the low on the lowest end of my good tier so it's it just that's barely fine. made the cut
2: that's fine
0: but
1: yeah I yeah. remember just be watching it last summer and I was like I forgot how good Lizzie was right out of the gate. Like she she wasn't missing any beats.
0: Uh, And then we had the accent.
1: Yeah. (laughs) All right. Also in the year of our Lord 2015, we have Ant-Man. I was never high on this at all as the previous two rankings showed. And I know this is probably going to hurt some people, but it's the lowest of my D tier at number 31. Oh man. It just doesn't do anything for me. Again. Again. I'm fine with Paul Rudd as Scott Lang, but I felt like it was just a little too obnoxious. And the whole time I every time I watch him, I'm like, why is Hope not being the hero here? Like I, <laughs> I know they have a line where it's like, you know, I don't he doesn't he doesn't want to lose G.I. but she's the most competent person in the room the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> and that villain's I don't even Oh, he's bad. He's just bad. <laughs> And I think the big problem with this was this is kind of where sometimes Foggy does have a miss. And, you know, he should have stuck with Peyton Reed, who probably could have given them something. Or uh, Edgar Wright, sorry, Edgar Wright. A good, unique filmmaker who could have delivered something better. But kind of like how Iron Man 2 went with Favaro, they wanted to play it safe. And for me, it just didn't work. So 31, second to last. Well, uh, I this is going to be a little
0: bit higher for me. Oh, uh, sure. You know, you bring up the, you bring up the Edgar Wright stuff. I do think I remember hearing them talk about the, uh, this when he he was doing an interview for last night in Soho. And I think they were kind of talking about it. And, you know, I've heard subsequent people kind of talk about it on like YouTube or podcasts and like talk about the whole thing. Like they, they there's some elements of the original Edgar Wright screenplay. Um, in Ant-Man, but I, I think the whole sentiment was, you know, uh, they wanted to make a Marvel movie, and they didn't want to make an Edgar Wright movie, which would have been, cool. I think, completely different with what, you know, Kevin, and what everybody else at Marvel had the idea for with Ant-Man, and so I get that, but I, I can still see there's a couple of elements from Edgar Wright that are in this one. For me, it, yeah, it is a little bit higher for me. It's, uh, I believe it's in my, uh, average tier or above average tier, sorry. Uh I have it at uh what let's see uh number twenty one for me, so it's just slightly above Iron Man three
1: for me. Okay. I can get why people enjoy. I I see some of the value there. Like again, Paul Rudd's a very charming fellow and Cassie's great so that whole dynamic I get. And then you have again like that's a lot Yeah. Louise didn't do it for me in the first one, honestly.
2: Oh, really? I was I was kind of in that camp of like just a little too obnoxious. See, like, say,
1: maybe it's a shock to people, maybe not. But hey, for me, it didn't work. But it's not, even though it's second to last. Like, to me, a D is, it's got value in some cases. Yeah. Not, not, not the eyes of the school system, as I've learned the hard ways but <laughs> and from parents reactions <laughs> but hey one of these films has to be low it just didn't do it for me also they they, they reintroduced hydra in this film it just never went anywhere so there's <laughs> just like a yeah. lot of like weird things about this film <laughs> but i will yeah. always say the uh the thomas the tank engine becoming big was always great i i, I always enjoyed that that was fun yeah that's funny yeah again Who knows? Maybe a year from now, when I I rewatch it, it'll it'll move up a bit. You never know. I mean, Age of Ultron moved up bigly. (laughs) And uh, okay, we're we're in 2016, and let's get some controversy going, Ryan McDaniel's. (laughs) Captain America: Civil War. Ryan, would you be so kind to start with this? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think
0: it's not too much of a surprise. Again, we did the a whole little series of the whole Cap trilogy. Uh, which uh, the Civil War one included me and Matt Mormon. We didn't have Peter on <laughs> again. I probably due to work. That's probably what it was.
2: Yeah, um, probably. So
0: me and him. We did this part, and I think we both really like it. And sort of like the overall ramifications that it still had in in a game. Like you still feel some of those tensions in Endgame game uh, with Tony. And with Cap, with them seeing each other after the snap happens. uh, After Tony gets back. So me and him, we are generally high on this film. Now for me, I don't know if I mentioned this in the group chat or if I mentioned it to somebody else or something. I don't know. But with a couple of these new projects, there's a couple I have a little bit higher. uh, That are in my really good tier. So spoiler alert right there. Um. So, when I was thinking about Civil War, I had to put it a little bit lower than than I was thinking. And so, I think for me in 2019, it was sitting at number three for me, slightly above Winter Soldier. And I'll tell you what, Peter, I think you're going to love me for this. I have Winter Soldier above it. Okay. So... I, I have Civil War coming in in my really good tier, sitting at number six. But I think I come to my senses. Out of the th- three movies, and after doing the pods on them, Winter Soldier is
2: like clearly the out of those three films, it, it it's number one. I, I'll, I'll start with the things I
1: I like in this film because initially I had this in the F tier, <laughs> but as I had to, I had to talk myself like there are things i like i like i really enjoyed black panther in this first and foremost like he is yes this is the scariest you will ever see black panther because he's just like i'm here to break your friend's neck and you're not and there's nothing you can do to stop me and even cap's like no he's right (laughs) there's nothing i can do to stop this man the the action is good i really did like the uh recreation of the, the famous scene from the civil war comic when uh cap blocks the uh the arc blast with the shield i like that fight overall the twist with bucky killing the the family was fine zemo's okay for me but it's one of those things where he he didn't really have to be here like this team's gonna fall apart without him but he just kind of exacerbates the the process but ryan i gotta say everyone in this movie is so stupid which annoys me because they did such a good job at everything before this, like logically building into each other. And suddenly you're in this room with Thunderbolt Ross after eight years. And he's just like, look what you guys have done. Look at the depth, destruction and devastation you've caused in New York. It's like, why does nobody raise their hand? Like, uh, first of all, that's kind of your fault. You're the ones who were experimenting with the Tesseract, opening the portal, yada, yada. And your solution was to nuke New York City. <laughs> okay, you got me there, but how about Washington D.C. again? That—that was you. You had Hydra under your your nose the whole time, <laughs> and you didn't know it. Why is that? Why is that the Avengers' fault? They're the ones who saved people again. And then Age of Ultron. Okay, you know what? we I can work with you here, Ross. That's understandable. Tony Stark and Tony and um, and a uh, rough and uh, Banner were idiots. Arrest him. He's right there. <laughs> And the worst part is Cap has been involved in all three of these events and he's just sitting there taking it like a stupid idiot. (laughs) And and what annoys me so much is the Russos made this. They made Winter Soldier. It's not like, you know, Captain Marvel with the cat. Like they probably didn't have, you know, a real definitive solution. Like what happened to Fury's Eye? So I'm like, can we just have the cat scratch? Like kind of sucks. But I mean, I guess like,
2: no, two years earlier, you did the Hydra movie.
1: And Black Widow's on Iron Man's side. That makes no sense. That makes no sense to me. She should be with Cap the whole time. And don't give me that whole, like, oh, she was a mole the whole time. No, 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 no. That was just, you know, a last second. Like, all right. If you're, if you're, if you're really confident on this, I'll let you go. I'll stop by Panther for you, but, uh, better get going. I get why Scott Lang would be stupid enough to put his life at risk for Cap because he's a fangirl. Clint makes no <laughs> sense to me. Vision, vision felt like he should have been a neutral. In my opinion, maybe that's a, I, I've only kind of just considered the Jarvis thing to you know, maybe that maybe that put him in Team Iron Man. How they bring Spider Man to this? Oh my! This is the this is the dumbest movie they have ever made, <laughs> and I hate it because yes, the ramifications are still ongoing, and it always makes me realize the airport scene is so dumb. Like yes, spectacle wise it's so cool, but story wise for me it just it just doesn't work. Like the the whole civil war, it's again kind of like a criticism you could give to Age of Ultron. It's not really an Age of Ultron. Like yeah, they have to go the the Barton residence for a bit, but you know, it's not like the world's falling apart. It's not launching movies every five. Yeah, it's like Days of days. Ultron. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> it literally is just you know a fight in a fight in a Seven Eleven parking lot. <laughs> oh my god, and just it frustrates me to no end. How they're all so stupid, the whole movie, and not not as, and with the logic of the Russos, like oh, I I can't. I'm sorry, it's a D tier for me. It's number thirty. I can't with this movie. <laughs> I just cannot. It's so frustrating.
0: Matt, if uh, if you're listening to this, I hope you enjoyed that.
1: Uh, right you know, what, there? Matt. You know what, Matt. I hope you're listening because this is your fault. Because <laughs> every every time I did the rankings beforehand, this is without being forced to rewatch it. So I was just like, it didn't really work for me, but hey, that's fine. But no, 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 you had to push it. You had to push it. Watch it, as a, watch it. watch it as a Captain America movie. Watch it as an Iron Man movie. And I did it. And it just made it worse and worse and worse each time. It made the cracks to be obvious for me. So you know what, Matt? In the words of Arthur Fleck, you get what you effing deserve. <laughs> I never want to watch that movie again. <laughs> well,
2: I don't know what it, do it could you know?
1: do to move up. <laughs> I don't know. I I turned
0: my brain off. uh, DC popped up again with that little reference you made there. So, uh, hey, (laughs) there we go. (laughs) Anything
1: I can get for a dub. I still would would watch it over Batman Superman. It has that going for it. Yeah. (laughs) But it's not saying much. (laughs) All right. Also in 2016, a very bad film. Doctor Strange. (laughs) Also in the D tier at number 28. I think it's not in F tier because visually it's creative. Yeah. But similar to a dark world, why does this exist? But like even more noticeable than dark world. At least, at least dark world had, you know, Thor, Jane, and Darcy being fun. Like this is just, Ben it comes back to being boring. Discount Iron Man and Rachel McAdams. Why? Well,
0: Peter, at least we, at least we can look forward to the sequel.
1: What a what a twist! What a twist of irony that the sequel is now the most anticipated Marvel film, potentially of all time. <laughs> what a, what a glow, yeah. up, the kids would say.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. So for me, this comes in in the am I average tier coming in at number twenty eight. Like you said, there's a lot of visual stuff that he has a like about this film. It, it's completely different with the visual stuff than any other film that uh, they did for me. It was on the low end for me in 2019 at 19. It's still that way here in 2021, but there are some things I can't appreciate it, but I am mean, I'm curious to see how they develop strangest character coming off and seeing, you know, in the sequel, how much they really kind of reference this film uh, in multiverse of madness. So, for me again, it's in my average year. It's coming at twenty-eight.
1: We're now in 2017, the year of the first entertainment podcast. At the very end of the year, actually, no wait, it had to be early 2018 because it was it was yeah. after break. Okay, so we're, we're close. We're close. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we had Guardians Volume Two to start that year. I love the Guardians films. I've always loved Guardians Volume Two a little more, so it's just ahead of Guardians 1 for me at number 8 in the S tier so in 2019 I let's see where I had
0: this I had this at uh, number 17 Ooh. I had this a, a little bit ahead of Iron Man 3 and for me this, this moved down to 19 but again it's just because of things coming in that I really, li- I really liked it's in my above average tier But there are things I really like about this one compared to a couple others that we've talked about already. Like, again, the whole Yondu, Peter Quill, father, son kind of relationship there. That whole stuff there, I mean, we've talked about it before when talking about Guardians 2 in these rankings. Like, that whole stuff there at the end is really good.
1: Oh, those last five minutes still make me tear up. That's, like, amazing emotion, storytelling. Which surprised me for a Marvel film.
2: <laughs> All right, moving on, we have
1: Spider-Man: Homecoming. I feel like this is always low for me, but again, upon rewatching, this is even before uh, No Way Home came out. This time around, just I liked it and vibed a lot more to it, and it's a it's the second highest of the beats here for me at number sixteen.
0: I think uh, I have it a couple spots ahead of it at number 14. Uh, it's at my good tier, and I believe I had a little bit higher. Let's see. I have to see where I put it. Uh, I had it, well, no. I had it number 14 in 2019 as well, so <laughs> not much has changed there. But, yeah, rewatching Homecoming, getting prepared for No Way Home, It is a real. it's a really solid first outing with uh, the MCU's version of Spider-Man and coming off the events of Civil War and kind of dealing with where is Peter's place in the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe and how is he going to operate and what's his character going to be like and how different is it going to be from Toby's version, from Andrew's version, you know. But, again, it's it's a good film. I have it in my good tier. It's coming in at number 14.
1: You know, I think upon rewatch, I kind of realized the Iron Boy Jr. stuff was kind of maybe overblown in my mind. Because when he has the suit, like, he's kind of not good with it. Like, he's, he doesn't even understand, like, how it works most of the time, which is fun. <laughs> and again, the whole point is like, if you're nothing, if you need the suit, or if you're nothing about the suit, you shouldn't be doing this. And I think I always kind of overlooked that rubble when he's, uh, the scene when he's under the rubble after, uh, was it Shocker? Or. They got the guy the, guy the like, vulture. No, no, no. Uh, beforehand, his henchmen. It was it was shocker,
0: right? Well, uh, well, the scene with the with the rubble was all vultures doing.
1: Okay, okay, but yeah, when he's uh, it's actually kind of a very definitive Peter Parker Spider Man scene where he has to like you know find it within himself and kind of realizes if he calls for help, Spider it's like he has to get out of himself and just yeah. Holland's acting there is good. Like you, you you truly feel like, yeah, this is a sixteen year old kid that's died. That's great. And of course the final fights great the, the, the twist with Vulture is always gonna be amazing. Like that's yeah that's art. <laughs> that is cinema.
0: <laughs> oh yes, Scorsese. Listen to that. Um <laughs> But uh, I, I thought it just occurred to me with Homecoming, you know, kind of with how No Way Home is, is that you know, Peter at the end, he's going to save Vulture there at the end. He sees a suit is malfunctioning and he tries to save him and it doesn't end up working. Of course, the Vulture suit blows up but he eventually goes and sees him, makes sure that he's alright. And, uh, yeah he does get him arrested but he makes sure he's alive still. So it's kind of a neat thing kind of looking back and seeing where No Way Home took us with him and the villains and No Way Home and him trying to save him. Kind of a nice little thing uh there with uh with those storylines there, but again, this is a there's a really good performance and front from Tom, like you said, especially in that scene right there, like that's right out of the comics as well, is him pushing the rubble off of him. So
1: again, really good you film. Know, the only complaint I have it's kinda of more because of what we know came after. You really feel like you really notice how little of a character MJ has in this one. Like yeah. so they they didn't give her nothing in this film other than like some one liars and maybe flipping the camera off a couple of times. But like, yeah, she really had no character, but thankfully they approved that. And to uh, paraphrase, uh, J. Jonah Jameson from Spider Man 2, Spider Man Homecoming was a good film. I just couldn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know what else, Peter? Well, I I just I saw this in a meme the other day, and you know we we see instant kill being brought up here. Shout out to Tony for including that. That's not wild. <laughs> um, hey Peter, you you don't think instant kill would have come in handy with uh with you trying to kill Goblin?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, cla- it's it's classic comic book storytelling. They introduce something and forget about it. And it's like, oh wait, yeah, that would have worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ending off twenty seventeen, which you can kind of say was the calm before the storm, because this was uh, a month before Last Jedi came out, and you know basically birthed the podcast. We had Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. It's in my S tier, unsurprisingly. This time at number six. I got it at number five. <laughs> I I can't, I can't say enough about. good about this. It's it, it's funny. It just drastically improved my vision of Thor and like a a two-and-a-half-hour span, you you can say, like, yeah, it kind of retconned Thor the Dark World in a way with the ending, but honestly, it really makes more sense. Especially when you think of uh, Thor 1, when Loki's like, I never won the throne, I just want to be your equal. Yeah, if he got the throne, he'd probably just be, you know, throwing a play, he'd just be directing plays in his honor. (laughs) Like, yeah, it works perfectly. And just... Thor in this whole different landscape. Jeff Goldblum as the grandmaster is just, oh, it's wonderful. I think he's coming back in Love and Thunder, which is great. I think so too. Yeah. Uh, the introduction um, of Valkyrie was well done. Hulk was great, especially when, you know, he's, you know, been dumb Hulk for two years. Then Banner comes back again. Loki's interaction was fun and believable on, uh, the planet. Yeah, I just and Hela was great. I I just can't say enough about this. This was this was a fantastic Marvel movie.
0: Yeah. And we talk about how funny it is, but there there's a lot of a lot of sadness here with the Thor character. He loses Oh yeah, a lot of people in this film. I mean, he loses his eye, he loses his dad, he loses Asgard his home and sure and so like and subsequently, later on in Fanny War, he loses some of his fellow as guardians. So like mm-hmm. I mean while yeah, we do think it it's one of the fun it's probably the funniest MCU film, but there's a lot of moments here where Thor is like really put into, in a really kind of dark place with like so many things that he's been tethered to
1: are suddenly gone. And but- that trend keeps on going. The scene where Hela has him under control is like, "You can't stop me, yada yada." What are you, the god of again? And he goes into like that afterlife, and he's talking to Odin, and it's that whole probably one of my favorite MCU scenes ever, where he's like, "What are you, the god? You got, you're the god of hammers? Nah, son, get 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 out of here. You're stronger and all that." And like, after let's say two Thor films and two Avengers films, we finally got to see Thor in his at his most powerful state. And it was the Ooh. most beautiful thing <laughs> that we, we, we've we gotten from an MCU film. Like, that that introduction, especially Loki's reactions, like, yep, that's a Thor we should be getting. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I can't say enough good about this film. I mean, practically every scene I was I was into it. So the sequence yeah. got a lot to live up to. And, and it turned, at that point, a character that I just did not care about at all into one of my favorites, so when that Infinity War scene happens, I was oh, I was in ecstasy. Yeah. It rose
0: up from me in 2019. It was sitting at number 9. It was just barely in the top 10. Again, oh, reviewing yeah. and seeing this, yeah, it it made the, quite the jump. It made it to the top 5. And so, like, one thing I do hate, though, Peter, is that I, I kind of hate that we had to start the Entertainment podcast with Last Jedi. You know, maybe it's more fitting that it started out like that, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> we should have had a more peaceful introduction before it got super violent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We should start off with Ragnarok. All right. Moving on to 2018, officially, when the entertainment from the 573 was born, we had Black Panther. It's in my B tier, it's at number 22, but here's the thing i get it i was never the tar- i was never the the target demographic i know for those people who were in the top five i completely understand and justified i think there's a lot of good in here it's just it's just one of those things for me where there's just so much good in in this, the this cinematic universe where i'm just like oh god should it be that low but that that's how the numbers work folks they, they never lie except when they probably dramatically yeah. change next year <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i it's same for me. It still made my top ten. I had to see where it was originally. For it was sitting at number ten as well there uh, in twenty nineteen. So yeah, it, not a whole lot has changed. It's in my good tier and it's sitting at a uh, number ten still. Now, I forget if we ever talked about Black Panther. If we ever like, you know, had a pod talking about it, I don't know if that was like our first like big MCU pod. I think it might have been Infinity War, if I remember right.
1: I for life of me can't remember, and I'm not a hundred percent sure if I have that file in my archives. So, I want I want to say we probably did. I, I I know for sure we did an Infinity War prediction and review. but I'm not sure about yes. Black Panther. Yeah, I think maybe at that point, entertainment was just so new we just didn't even think about it. That, that'd be my guess. Yeah, if there is, I'm I'm kind of curious what I what I said at, about in 2018. So, like I say, I still enjoy this film. I, I it, it vibes for me. So, there were some deleted scenes that I really wish stayed in this, especially toward the end. Uh, there's a really good one where, uh, Martin Freeman's character, the, uh, the guy from the government, he's like trying to speak, uh, Wakandan to like say, say his thanks and he just completely butchers it and they kind of laugh off. Like, I really wish there was some more of that kind of, uh, Emotion, this film, but from what we got, I mean, again, Killmonger is amazing. Yeah, it it, it yeah. kind of has a the the reveal of like what uh, King Chaka did is like, would he really do that? He doesn't seem like that type of guy. But hey, what we got, we got. It's a vibe. If you love it, I completely
2: understand. For me, hey, that's how numbers work, baby. Yeah,
0: and uh, you know, I think eventually we did do a pod on this me and one of my friends Charles we did a pod last summer I think and so if we didn't do a pod talking about it in 2018 me and him we did a pod talking about it last year so again better late than never so um, go check that out whenever you can but uh, so I guess it kind of makes up for 2018 in some ways if we didn't talk about it so there's Black Panther. Uh, Peter, I think we know what the big one coming up next is.
1: Oh, yeah. Big Daddy Infinity War. It collectively blew all our minds. (laughs) It completely subverted all our expectations. It just... It's basically five storylines all successfully interacting with each other leading to one definitive conclusion. And most importantly, after six years of teasing we get Thanos
2: and he is, he, he was even better than we could have, that we could have thought of. Like it, it was yeah. worth the wait. It was worth the tease. And because of that, it moved up to number two for me. Oh, oh man. So for me, it
0: moved up to number one. It jumped in the game. Damn. <laughs> yeah. You all know how much I love I Endgame, game and, and, listen, I love Endgame still. that I just recognize Infinity War, it is the better movie. And it does just feel, even though Endgame has some really good comic booky moments, this one was probably the one that trumps them all. And had the most definite feel of a comic book type of movie. And, I mean, what else can we say about Infinity War? I mean, like, my... It, like you said, Thanos just comes in there and just, just rocks everybody. It's just so great there. And you know, the Russos, they set out to make that film, particularly one that's like him as the hero of that story. And I definitely do think they kind of, they went with that and they succeeded in that. But again, just tying in all those storylines, including that many characters in it, it, I don't know. We couldn't have asked for a better one, Peter. I don't think we could have asked for
1: anything better. The the amount of every type of emotion you could feel was in this movie. It had great comedy, had great action, had great tension. It had amazing sadness, especially at the end. Like (laughs) Wanda holding off Thanos and having to kill vision is probably one of my favorite MCU scenes because it's just done so perfectly. Bettany and Olsen's acting, at that moment was absolutely divine. Like it, it, if that was the scene that was like, let's be a one division show, it completely justified it a hundred percent. Yeah, and that that's Thor, Thor, the MVP of this movie. He should have gone for the head, but let me tell you, that entrance in Wakanda, especially when Ooh. you realize they haven't, the Avengers haven't seen him in forever. They don't know he's coming. All hope is lost, and all of a sudden, Captain America sees. Thor looking swollen and coming down with, you know, basically on a rainbow. And Black Panther's just like, What in the world is going on? (laughs) When he says, Bring me Thanos, you know, death is coming. (laughs) And boy, the the snap. It's amazing. It's just, oh man. It's so well done. It's well shot. The reactions are just great. Spider Man's is just, oh, oh, Tom Holland's a good actor. Want to go. We, we don't realize that. I don't think we appreciated that back then, but now, especially like, God, that kid's giving it his all. good on him. And just Stark, I don't want to go. That absolute emptiness, even though you know they're gonna come back. We we all knew that walking out. Like as it happens, like that's not sticking. But just that yeah. feeling of emptiness and just like shock. And like, especially cap and then we just see Thanos true to his word. That's he he did his job. Nothing else. He just he just chilling on his farm world.
0: As we subsequently make jokes about him golfing on, on that world, like <laughs> the,
1: the birth of one of the dumbest jokes on the pod. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, but, I mean, yeah. And listen, think of the shock factor at walking out of the theater. It's just like I was just silent, and, and you know, the film ends off. You no, know, there's no music being played when it's happening. It's just like. Nothing in the background. It's just everything going on. And, like, just afterwards, it's like the complete shock factor, especially with those that maybe aren't in the know and don't keep up with the stuff like we do and several others do.
2: People are like, well, crap. What what are they going to (laughs) do?
1: Oh, my God. Like, like just imagine, like, you know, Black Panther was somebody's first Marvel film. They got super into and they see Shatala just just die. It's like, what are they doing? (laughs) This is madness. And and of course, the, the, the greatest thing they've ever done, at the very end, Thanos will return. Just such, <laughs> such an absolute F you to the Avengers. I loved it. Oh, I thought you were going to suggest uh, <laughs> Nick Fury's post credit scene. Oh, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Us almost getting a PG-13 F word. The credit was great. <laughs> But just that last second just like really stick it to you that Thanos won. Oh, amazing. This is... Yeah. This was truly a game changer film. Yeah. And then we moved on to kind of an, an awkward one to release after watching half the universe die. We had Ant-Man and the Wasp. Which yeah, me,
2: listen. Which for me, with, with this huge little... improvement. Let's see. I gotta
0: see where I put it, but... I think, you know, with this one, I mean, you, you, me, and Matt, we talked about before, like, you know, whether this one should have been the one, you know, in Captain Marvel's place to start off 2019, and, you know, those two should have have swapped dates, or, you know, we've had that argument a couple times about what should have been where, but, you know... Ant Man the Wasp is not bad. It's a little bit lower for me compared to the first Ant Man. So you and me kind of flip-flop there, uh, speaking of, of that term, but I have at number 26 for me hmm. in my average tier. Uh, there are some things I like about it, but you know, I think it's probably, again, it's probably a victim of, you know, it's, it's probably should have been right before in game. But, like, it sets up, like, the main thing that they're going to be using in endgame, which is the Quantum Realm.
2: Oh,
1: yeah. Uh, for me, it's the B, It's in the B tier. It is the Jordan of my rankings. It's number 23. <laughs> hey. Uh, I will say, I still love everything they did with Ghost. Like, that was, I like how she was portrayed. I love the whole story with uh, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, Bill Foster life something like that and there's like seven giant characters in marvel and i always get them confused. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh, just for me completely better than ant-man i never really was too harsh on like the placement and the release order it of course it would have made more sense before oh, yeah. i will say i remember when we were kind of talking about this beforehand if they had truly done the thing where cassie gets dusted in his arms that would have been a tier for me because at that moment i wanted oh. to feel like the emotional stabbiness <laughs> but hey you know what <laughs> they set him up for end game i completely understand it didn't ruin everything else for me it's 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 solid i like how they played more with the uh the shrinkage and this you know the hot wheels the building i just <laughs> i just love how that yeah. whole tower can become a like a little suitcase for uh for hank pym i just <laughs> a lot a lot went right here for me. So you know what? It kind of felt awkward after being depressed, but hey, you know what? I still think it worked as a film.
2: Yeah. Alright, we're moving on to 2019.
1: We have Captain Marvel. Where is it on my list? Oh yeah, it's A tier at number 13. Oh, Peter, I
0: think this one for me, it did a little bit of a drop. It was... Well, I don't know if it depends on how much uh, how much of a drop you think it a little is, but in 2019, it was sitting there at number 12. Of course, it was, you know, one of the more newer films that we mm-hmm. were talking about, and of course, it's had a couple years to breathe and let everybody have some thoughts about in the discourse and talking about it and all that stuff. For me, it, it fell to 24. Oh, damn. It, it fell to average. I... I don't know. They're still soft with Carol Danvers' character that I, I am curious about. You know how they're gonna handle with her later on. Um, but listen, for 2019, it, and also listen, it it can't. I don't know if it is their fault or not, but you know they were a little bit late with Wonder Woman coming out in 2017. So you had a lot of stuff, you know, trying to figure out. You know, with this being the first female marvel superhero film that they had you know i i do think it fell quite a bit short compared to wonder woman i mean you and i love wonder woman um but for me it just fell a little bit more and you know kind of my thinking about where this story plays but i will say i am really excited about the sequel the marvels i'm curious about where that's going to go especially you got carol's character now and see where how she develops you got Monica Rambeau, who's coming in there and after seeing one division. There may be a little bit of you know a grudge there going on, and uh, we're getting a series with her later on this next year, I think, with Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I am curious about the sequel. I am curious about that.
1: I'll say the, the biggest problem with Captain Marvel, admittedly, was the direction of Carol Danvers herself was just very inconsistent. Like they're doing the whole yeah. amnesia bit. But they still let her have her personality every now and then in odd places. Like she's super chill with Fury. Like everything she does with Fury, I was into. But then she meets, you know, Monica or, uh, Maria Rambo, right? Yes. Maria's the mom. Okay. That's right. And like she's just kind of like awkward. Like, I don't understand who you are. I don't get the whole meaning behind this. And it's like that always got to me, but everything else I like. I like the action. I like how they. I like how her power set was. I like how she interacted with people. The whole, the whole like scrawl, uh, scene pulled at my heartstrings when they like revealed they were the victims the whole time. And I always loved when she just beat, when Jude Law was like, Yeah, strike me down. And he, he, he just like punched him in the face, like, All right, tell your friends to never come back here and just throw some away. I always, I always liked that. That, that was a flex. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I add- it, it established like, Oh, yeah, this girl's, <laughs> this girl's a threat. I like that. You know, I will add that
0: in my average tier, it is the first one there, so it barely missed the above average cut.
1: So there I will say that. Then, then in the twenty nineteen rankings, we all three tie on this, and we were joking with Matt that uh, he hated he hated this one because he hated women and like that that whole thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Poor idiots. Yeah. But you know who were not idiots? The people who made Avengers Endgame. Look at that transition. <laughs> hey. And, uh, of course, shockingly, it's in my S tier. What would you expect? But I have it at number five. So,
0: I, I guess you all pretty much knew when we talked about Infinity War that this one was going to drop a little bit with uh, Endgame being my number one in 2019. Recently bias or not, that... I still don't know, but, you know, there's a lot of stuff in any game I love. And, like, again, just the build-up to it. And then it delivered with everything there at the end. Like, freaking... Like, Peter, I still go back, and I watch reactions to the whole, you know, Thor getting Mjolnir, and the whole Avengers Assemble moment. And, like, I saw somebody mention this on Twitter, and I completely agree with them. If you're having a down day, and you're just like... I'm bored, you know, nothing fun is going on, just go on YouTube and watch those reactions. That'll lift your spirits up real quick.
1: I had to see this at uh, 7.30 a.m. the day after the, the the night premieres, the initial Thursday showings. And even at 7.30 in the morning, everyone lost their collective expletive when Cap picked up air. Like, that was <laughs> that was amazing, and of course, the portal scene is just a legendary thing. But everything building up to it, too, like, kind of a celebration of, you know, this first era of the MCU. and like how it was... Yeah. Ma- managed to be... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Engaging? Yeah, let's go with engaging. I just, you know, this, this, this whole plotline and how much it's set up on knowing, like, the Loki show was in front of us a whole two years before we even thought of it. <laughs> yeah. I think this is one that probably should be top three for me, but my only minor gripe, and it's super minor, but it's kind of enough where, you know, when you're in the S tier, like, it can't affect you, is that I think keeping Thanos alive would have been the better call rather than having 2014 Thanos coming at the end. Like the, the, the scene with Wanda was like, you took everything from me, I don't know who you are is great, but I think there's <laughs> a lot more weight if that Thanos remembers Wanda. That's just me. Don't no, get wrong. Thanos is still amazing in this film but it just always felt like that was an odd call in my book but i mean as the conclusion for an era of marvel like what a what an absolute dub as the kids say (laughs) yeah and they killed iron man and it felt impactful after like multiple teases of it over the decade
0: yeah i mean like like you said like i do think um uh, the whole when when you realize 2014 Thanos is realizing what they're doing it's kind of like a oh crap <laughs> like <laughs> this is not good um let's see i don't think i actually said where i put it i had it at number 3 okay so, so that means there's something at number 2
1: that uh... well, i still have number 1 <laughs> open so <laughs> it's going to get fun <laughs> All right, moving on, we have Spider-Man Far From Home. This was the, uh, when it it came out, I was still kind of a little hesitant on Tom Holland's Spider-Man. But I really loved this when it came out. There was a time when I was debating, like, this is the best Spider-Man movie I've seen. Spider-Man 2 kept its place up until recently, but this is S tier. It's the lowest of it at number 10 for me, but what a fantastic Spider-Man movie this was. You know, Peter, I'm
0: surprised it came at number 10 despite, uh, despite a certain somebody being in there that,
1: uh, that you don't like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is before I really got into Taylor Swift, so it, it, it kind of survives that. Okay. And plus, uh, yeah, technically, he bites the bullet in the end, so. <laughs> well, I, I mean, uh-huh. I still. I, I got I gotta to <laughs> read the thing from the lawyer. Uh, everything Peter says should be taken as a joke and not serious. There we go.
0: You're, you you must have had a really good lawyer, Peter. <laughs> one that one that's catching bricks.
1: I think he may be blind. <laughs> I think he
0: may be a superhero. He has to be blind to work with me, though.
1: <laughs>
0: but uh, yeah, far from home. Uh, this is the last new thing that we had before we were eagerly anticipating. You know, Black Widow. I think was gonna be the first new mcu project that we were going to have that was going to be a part of phase four and of course the pandemic changed all that and so gears were kind of shifting so this is our last new thing that we had for a while and uh yeah i love far from home far from home is awesome um I, I still remember us having so much fun talking about it in our review pod uh just having so much fun especially with the ending with the post credits and of course we know that leads into no way home and just talking about that, I have it one spot above Homecoming. I have it at number thirteen for me, and okay. I have it in my
2: good tier. I was I think that's a fair placement.
1: Yeah, I, I just think it it did a lot right. It established uh, Tom Holland's Spider Man as kind of like his own thing, like truly realizing what the responsibility of a superhero is. It shows it showed a lot of his intelligence, and I, I mean they. <laughs> They turned MJ from a very poorly underdeveloped character into one at the end you're like happy they were together. Yeah. And also the, the teachers were just great in this. Ned and Betty's relationship was hilarious. I mean <laughs> realist. I, I was shocked by this because I went into thinking like, oh, but here we go again with Iron Boy Jr. and yeah, complete 180. So I was very happy with this movie's existence. Alright. Now we're into the new stuff. <laughs> Woo! And uh what a way to kick it off. Early this year, twenty twenty one, the first MCU based Disney Plus show, we had WandaVision. And again, you you can say, Peter, there's a lot of bias where you're
2: putting it. It's number four for me. <laughs>
0: yeah. I don't detect any sense of bias at all here, Peter.
1: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Uh this is it this is everything i wanted it to be even though i didn't understand what they were doing with it when they like showcased it <laughs> but like watching it play out and like understand what's going on and like why it's happening to this character was just so well executed like everything they did with this i would say was perfect not every episode built on each other i was never bored i was never uninterested i was never like okay pick up the pace here like the whole hex thing they did was great the agatha twist was or, like not really a twist we knew it was coming from day one more like <laughs> yeah. the execution of the reveal was just fantastic that song the whole uh subplot with monica jimmy and uh darcy uh <laughs> I love how when she recreates vision, like it's still a vision that you know is worthy of Mjolnir. As he's trying to escape, he's trying to save the people inside. I'm like, Oh my God. And Wanda's just, you know, her, her mental state collapsing. Oh, it's just, it was great for me. I loved every, I loved everything about this. It's number you four. No, it, it's not five. I think I, I understand
0: a little bit more why it's number four. It's because of Mephisto, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hold on, let, let me get the bio There's got to be like some connection to it's dead one, number four. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, just wait, everybody. That's number one. Uh, <laughs> uh, for me, this was, I think, the best of the of the Disney Plus shows that they've done this year. It is coming in at 15 for me, but it's in my good tier. I really agree with all, with all you're saying with how. They, with what they did with Wanda's character and how really they were really not big characters in the movies but they took them they gave them their show and they really built them up especially Wanda and how big of a part she looks like she's gonna play especially in Multiverse of Madness and just like really how they explored her character her past her future what her power means just how powerful is she like that was all just really good. And I mentioned this earlier, it was the one that got my sister into the MCU and she really liked Wanda. She really liked the series. And so she was kind of keying in and seeing like what all was going to be in here. And again, the way they did it was so different with all these connections with the old sitcoms that Wanda had watched in the past when she was a kid. Again, my only thing might be, uh, might be the finale. It does seem like a typical Marvel kind of finale. There, at, yeah, with that final episode. But I mean, those final couple of episodes there, especially the one where you're really going into Wanda's past and kind of delving into like her past and up to the point of what led her creating the hex in Westview. I, like, I thought episode eight was awesome, but o- oh, overall, in general,
2: that
1: penultimate episode was. I would, that's, that's, that's the highest quality Marvel can reach. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the whole line of like, what is, what is, uh, grief if that love persevering? Like just this whole, like the, the whole joke of like, yeah, she, somebody needs to take this woman to therapy now. <laughs> like, like <laughs> yeah. even Agatha was like feeling for her, like as she's going through like her memories. I mean, Olsen and Bettany's acting, especially like in these different eras, like just killed it. Every step of the way, the, the Ralph, the Ralph owner thing kind of was a little, for, for me, it wasn't terrible. I couldn't understand the disappointment for people, but like that reveal to end that episode oh. before the Halloween episode was just, <laughs> that was shocking. <laughs> like that's yeah. genuinely, especially where we'd like, we knew Multiverse was coming, we didn't understand like how it was going to work, but like seeing that was just, that was a mind boggling thing for a whole week. And I I will always remember that. I will say because it is a mini-series and like, you're going to have to dedicate more time than you would to, you know, than just a film uh, like a, like infinity war on its own. I can see for a lot of people that like maybe lowers it. bit. like, it's kind of hard to go back to, but I mean, let's be real. You people know me by now. If one is it, I'm going to, I'm going I'm going to take it. I'm going to take the bullet of, you know, nine hours of watching <laughs> <laughs> over a day or two. <laughs> All right, moving on to Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, for some reason, I can't remember why I wasn't on that pod. I think it may have been work again. Yeah. Probably. I, I don't that know what my right. life is anymore. Uh, I have it in the B tier at number 18. It's a step down from Division, sure, but everything it needed to do, it did well. Uh, the, establishment, the establishing of uh, Sam Wilson as Captain America, just like that whole will they won't they bit which actually i kind of started believing too. like maybe, maybe yeah maybe they should retire the cap and of course he becomes cap at the end spoiler alert um uh, <laughs> some the stuff with bucky was great i really wish there was more to that you know reveal to the old man that he killed his son like when they introduced that in episode yeah. one i was like oh this is gonna be dope and it was just like eh, hey dude i uh i killed your son lol uh the flag smashers <laughs> and carly i liked but i wasn't ever a hundred percent on like it just kind of kept taking weird narrative turns but what i really loved was john walker as a uh, captain america eventually a uh, u.s agent at the end like everything involved with him was so good like uh what was it? it's kurt russell's son white russell right yes absolutely nailed it and out of the park, and also, if you're one of those people that were like sending him the actor death threats, uh first of all, go to d c where you belong with all the other degenerates <laughs> but yeah he he killed this role i mean you you understood like yeah he's 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 a good guy as we saw in the end, but he's just over his head in truly being captain America, and when he murdered that guy, it was just beautiful to watch and just you know oh. his redemption at the end, like yeah. He's a very good guy. He just was not supposed to be Captain America. And the guy who became Captain America absolutely deserved it. It's very good to see uh Anthony Mackey getting this love. And, you yeah. know, just kind of rehabbing a character that was kind of a jobber for a lot of people. I mean, he had to put Ant Man over, he had to put Spider Man over. Like, it was a character that kind of had a lot of risk to him. Like, yeah, he's definitively a sidekick, but they turned yeah. him into a mainstay hero, which was amazing. So. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of good here. It's not the most pretty, but a lo- yeah. it works in the end.
0: You know, Peter, I think, probably a little bit of my expectation, I think probably some others that, you know, think a lot of people, when they saw this announcement, like, oh, this might be a little bit like, uh, you know, like the Winter Soldier movie. And uh, and the type and feel of how it was going to be made and filmed. And uh, I it, it didn't end up being like that. For me, it was number 23 for me, but I still have it above average. Again, like you said with Sam, Anthony Mackey gets his due finally. And really happy for him. And there, again, a lot of elements that you point out, I liked. The, the whole John Walker bit. Again, that thing at episode four with him killing the guy and then showing the shield with the blood. Oh,
1: crap. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, man. Someone brilliantly pointed out on uh, Twitter that they had to call the musical in Hawkeye Rogers because the Captain America name was tainted at that point. I love that detail. I just love that.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Um, But, yeah, there's other stuff in here. You know, had the whole Sharon Carter power broker thing, which, which, I mean, is kind of weird. Um, the Zemo stuff again. We uh, the whole stuff with Zemo. We got a, a famous shift of him dancing, which
1: we yeah. now all
0: love to use. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we had the Zemo cut release much faster than the Snyder cut was. Uh get
0: a get a little thing going with uh, Zemo hanging out with Wong or something like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I really, I but, really uh, like Zemo this time more around than I did in uh, Civil War for sure. I just his his. His uh, logic made a lot more sense here, especially with the flag smashers.
2: Yeah,
0: because I mean, the, he wants to make sure there's no super soldiers out there. He he doesn't like them. He he, he wants to get rid of them. And so, and, yeah, in a way, he, he kind of
1: wins him. in the end, in his mind.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. He's he is in prison, but in in the end, he does get what he wants. And so, but yeah, there are other things so he said like. Sam and Bucky, their whole thing, uh, the him finally getting his suit there at the end is Captain America's suit, uh, made from the uh, coming from Wakanda, and uh, there's a lot of things I liked about it. It did again; it was a little bit lower than what you had it, but there are things in here I, I really enjoyed. You know, and especially I do appreciate the t- attempt to really get a better conversation in there with. Sam and
2: with Isaiah and with oh, their whole story. This handled the politics of Captain America very well. Yeah, it, it
0: did. It, like this is its first attempt, it's its second show, and they're really going here.
1: I'll take uh, every every time they went to Isaiah, I was like,
2: Yeah, he's right. Can't really argue with this man. But at the
1: at the end, you know, I think maybe yes. Yeah, some people could argue it's kind of convenient, but yeah, it was such a good moment. You know, so yeah, Anthony Mackie's going to be a man of his word. He's going to understand what this role is, but he's also going to understand the people that are not maybe necessarily represented by that idea of Captain America. So I'm really, yeah. I'm really excited. It, again, th- that's the biggest key. Chris Evans is no longer Captain America. He's done his dues. Give the man, let the man rest. Sam uh, Anthony Mackie still wants to do this. And I think he's going to handle it very well.
2: All right. I think
1: Loki canonically was next or released wise. So yeah, July was bad. Blackwater. Okay. So Loki. Uh, I have it in my B tier at number 24. And it's one of those things that kind of just, I don't, I'm not necessarily soured on, but I think just maybe my initial love for it kind of just like, you know, it was fun. I, I think it went from, like, high praise to, like, you know, I praise it, but I'm just like, mm, maybe not as much as I should. I, I I can't remember 100% what I said in the pod, but yeah, <laughs> I still think there's a lot of good to it. Uh, The whole TVA introduction was very fun. I liked how they set up King at the end. Sylvie was great. Owen Wilson was fantastic, even with, without saying, wow. <laughs> Yeah, I think a very solid outing. And again, like I, I know I said in the review, I'm, I'm I'm just so done with Loki, but they keep pulling me in, and this one did it for six episodes. Amazing.
2: Yeah,
0: you know, Peter. Even though you haven't at that at uh, that point in your list, I, I mean, hey, if it got you to really got into Loki in this series, I think Marvel will take that as a dub any day. Oh, um, so for me. I got it at 16. It's my second favorite of the series. Uh, The whole vibe is just very weird and very different. And that's, I guess, what I kind of like about it. It's a really good self-reflection of Loki, of him as a character. And seeing where this, uh, this version of Loki can go. And introducing Sylvie, who is another person that, through these new projects, that you've really come to like. And just seeing how they kind of play off each other and how they're kind of a self-reflection of each other, particularly for Loki, how she is kind of, a, you know, looking at how she how she operates. And like, I see a bit of myself and how she operates and how she thinks. I mean, of course, you got the end there where they're both in love. You know, as Mobius says, what a seismic narcissist.
1: Um, <laughs> he's not wrong there. It, it it I can definitely understand like the criticism of it but like yet knowing how loki's are i'm just like what'd you expect was gonna happen yeah
0: uh like you said mobius is really fun Owen Wilson, uh, wilson there's just great seeing him and tom have fun there in in this series and you mentioned um Kang there at the end i mean we get jonathan major's introduction as Kang. we knew he was gonna be King. we could see him in episode six and Hey, listen, my man came in there and he just he he came in there and stole the shoulder. I think. And and
1: and he did that just talking. He just sat and talked. And he was just great at it.
0: Yeah, which it was different than the WandaVision finale because the WandaVision finale is all, you know, action and explosions and all that stuff. Here, it's just a guy just talking and just talking about like, hey, listen, I got other variants of me
2: that are more dangerous. You think I'm that's the thing. He didn't really need action. He just like
1: had to terrify him. It's like, listen, I'm not good, but there are versions of me that are much worse. So you got to make the call here. Do you let them run a riot, or do you end by suffering of you know, the curse of me stopping myself? Like that's just, <laughs> it's kind of a heavy thing to just drop on you at the very end. But yeah, it, it's it's what the show went up to, and I like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it terrified Loki and you really got that in the last final shot where he sees like, oh, hey, the TVA is rung by Kang. Maybe, I don't know if it's actually him or if it's one of his variants that are one of a variant of Kang that's bad, but like he, his reaction there uh, of seeing Kang there in control of the TVA really kind of sold what those moments with he who remains there really kind of know what that, what those moments did to him. But like, I really think at the end day, for me, it's my second favorite of the Disney plus shows. I like what it did. It really did bring the multiverse full stop in here with, and kind of talking about it and actually showing the, the sacred timeline and all of its branches extending out Like that this is really kind of, of course we've had mentions of it before, but I really got into the whole multiverse part of it. So for me, it's coming in at 16, and it's my good tier.
1: I'll say, I didn't really hate any of the TV shows. This is technically on the rankings the second lowest for me, but again, it, it's still in that quality sphere of uh, what they produce, so I'll definitely give it that. Yeah. All right, moving on. We're finally back into the movies. We had Black Widow. It's the lowest of my eight here at number 14. What a movie. <laughs> Thanks. This is kind of where I'm happy. I was never a Marvel fan, because to me, all I knew about Taskmaster was the costume was cool, and like he just like copied the uh, movements or powers or fight styles, whatever it was. Yeah. So for me, the review, I was I didn't care about, it. and honestly, within the context of the MCU and the film, I was like, that's actually cool. I'm happy they did that. But even yeah. if you're like a little butt hurt about it. I mean, so much of the film is just so, that opening, the, the opening credits and like the whole, the whole scene before it was just absolutely wonderful. Like my, my biggest complaint with this film, it could have been an S tier for me. If it just remembered to stop being a Marvel film sometimes (laughs) and like let it be this like family drama, like family spy drama. I mean, again, Florence was just on fire in this she played off scarlet well who again this was probably like the the seventh eighth time she's been black widow yeah (laughs) and just kept the pace going david harbour is red guardian i wish you know he kind of could have been a little more than a a laugh factory but he sells it so well there i love i'm i love emotion in these movies and that when he's singing american pies like signify like listen I know we weren't a good family. It was only two years, but I remember those days. I was like, it's so good. It's absolutely brilliant. I, I love the, I love the red room. I love the widows. Oh, I, I just loved it. I love this film.
0: So for me, it's going to be a little bit lower. It's 20th for me, but it's coming in my above average t- tier. But like I said, in, in, introducing brand new characters who you immediately really like and fell in love with, like Yelena. Like Red Guardian, and finally getting a proper Black Widow film, a really good send off for Scarjo, and of course, I mean you had all the stuff transpiring after that with her and Disney, but listen, I'm glad she got she got her movie, and like you said, she's been Black Widow seven or eight times and she hasn't gotten her own movie. I'm glad she's finally got it, and uh, it was long overdue for me. Again, it's going to come at twenty and it's going to come in above average, but there's a lot of stuff with there about this film that, like, I really like, same as you.
1: We're back to TV. This is one I think we somewhat debated if we should include it, but, well, now we know what the uh, Multiverse of Madness uh, teaser, yes, we have to include it. And pretty much if it's <laughs> Disney Plus and MCU, we have to watch it. No questions asked. <laughs> like That, that Guardian Holiday special is going to be uh, super required reading, probably. It's probably going to introduce Galactus, for all we know. <laughs> but yes, we are talking about what if it's animated, but is clearly setting some stuff up that, you know, they can't really do in live action at the moment because there's just too many variables, which is fine. This is a kind of a tough one to judge because it doesn't really become a cohesive story to the very end. But with what they did, I liked pretty much most of it. Some is better than others, of course. But yeah. how it becomes an overall story at the end, I thought was pretty good. This is the last of my B tier at number 25.
2: Oh, wow. I have it a little bit
0: lower. I got it at uh, 27 for me. I think it was just average. There some that I liked, some that, you know, were fine. The Doctor Strange episode that you mentioned with Strange Supreme was probably the best episode of them all. You get Captain Carter in here. Um, you get the whole zombies episode, which I know a lot of people really like the "What If" zombies thing in the comics. So I know there's a lot of people that are happy to see that come to fruition. And then the other standout for me was Ultron in a "In What If?" Like, oh. my, holy crap, that was dark. Oh man,
1: <laughs> maybe maybe it's good we didn't get that Age of Ultron. Maybe maybe that would have uh, scared a little too many people away from Marvel. <laughs> Yeah, that that's probably that's a good call. You know what? I'd rather have a uh, murder superman and murder batman than uh what they're doing over there in Marvel Land. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah. It's kind of hard to put this on the list because it's not again, it's not cohesive at all. Yeah. Like it it tries to at the end, but like you kind of had to be a little more patient with it. But I think some of the mm-hmm. what if ideas were very fun. And again, it's multiverse, so it kinda it kinda has that get out of jail free card built into it. But I don't think you really had to use it that that often, so I think a very solid outing.
0: Well listen, I, I know you'll be uh ha- you'll happily be in the universe where uh, Thor's throwing parties all over the world.
1: <laughs> Just using the arch as a slingshot. What a man <laughs> That's incredible. Alright. Back to the movies, we have Shang-Chi, The Legend of the Ten Rings, and this is absolutely S tier for me, and it came out at number seven.
0: Wow. It's in my uh, it's in my really good tier. It's a couple spots below yours, but I have it at number nine. This was... Close enough. One of the, This was one of the newer characters that uh, they were going to have to introduce, and you were wondering how this was going to pan out. Again, I... They did it really well introducing Shang-Chi, introducing the cast of characters surrounding him. What else do we need to say about the thing, his relationship with his father and how that goes on throughout the film with this family. It was just really incredible and see what all they did with this film and, you know, working and working through this film during a pandemic and keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. And just like, yeah, this was a this is a triumph, this was a good one for
1: Marvel, and to do
0: it with a new character and for it to be as successful as it's been, really good stuff.
1: I'll say I' say I can't praise this any more than we did in the pot. I mean, I think of the nine projects this year, when Wu was probably the best villain. I just had so much complexity to him, I loved the whole like will he won't he be a good guy at the end? Of course he does, it's just wonderful pretty much everything Shang-Chi is doing, like, all these, like, storylines they introduce come back in some way to match the plot, like, you know, him leaving his sister at the end, and then at the end he says, like, I'm not leaving you again, like, just very cohesive, very I feel like, a whole different beast than what we've seen from the MCU, in terms of, like, presentation and action, so I'm really excited to see what they're going to do for here. And yeah, it is it established, it does what, really, the MCU is doing is best at just taking like these very obscure characters ideas and saying like yep they're big now deal with it
2: <laughs> all right uh
1: oh we're in the films again we're we have the turtles uh god we reviewed this but i don't think we had much to say even though we probably talked about it for 40 minutes i have it in my seat here at number 27 i feel like that's fair
0: I got a little bit lower than you. I got two spots at 29. It's a, m- taking place in my average tier. There are things I, I like about it, but you know, I do think you know the whole Marvel kind of putting this on a pedestal, like oh, oh crap, this is this could be a this could be our Oscar film right here. Yeah. I think you know maybe need to slow the roll a little bit on that. Well, I do think there's some moments in here that are particularly big. A couple, of the, a couple of the end credits. um, The whole bringing in Arsham, the Judge thing, and how that could relate to Galactus coming down the line. Like, oh, crap, Peter. Like, Imagine if you're somebody in that world, and you're just seeing a Celestial just looking
1: over the Earth like that. Oh, yeah. Arsham wasn't really developed that well, but like when you saw him, especially at the end, you're you're just like, oh boy, this, this is a danger. And I love how they confirm that uh Falcon Winter Soldier is taking place during this time, so same with like you're just probably working on a boat and they see look up in the sky, it's like, that's a problem. <laughs> that's not yeah. good at all. No. <laughs> that's a far cry from uh fighting flag smashers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But yeah, you know, with how they introduced the Eternals who survived, I mean, I I thought they were fun. Gamma Chan definitely established herself as the as the lead actor for that uh group of people. We're getting another ex of Taylor Swift coming down the road with uh Patton Oswald as a as a troll. A... It did its job. It's weird. It might not be the greatest, but I think it it didn't fall on its face. I think that's the most important thing.
2: Yeah, no. That's yeah. say Not everything could be a dub. Just ask DC. Right. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm going gonna,
1: I'm gonna to say the last, the most recent movie for last, because I think it's going to be an interesting conversation. So let's go to Hawkeye season one. I have it in the B tier, the third highest at number 17.
0: What? Close again. I got it at number 18. I got it in my it's on the first one am i above average here um i mean again we we talked about it earlier i mean there's a lot of things to love about this and, and but yeah we rehashed it earlier on so i don't think there hey, there needs there needs to be a whole lot said about this
2: yeah uh,
1: that's why i put but, this now because you know it's kind of weird to end the list on a uh, oh yeah we just talked about this <laughs> all right see you guys yeah. <laughs> all right the most recent film Probably one of the most anticipated of all time for reasons that they didn't even confirm were going to be in the movie. <laughs> but <it> happened. <laughs> uh, spoilers are still withstanding, even though it's crossed a billion in 11 days. So I, I feel like that's about as good as time to be like, yeah, it, if you see it, you see it. It is Spider Man No Way Home. And you, you probably saw it coming because we haven't said it yet, or I haven't said it yet. And maybe there's recency bias. We'll see that with the twenty twenty three list. We gotta do this again <laughs> with more projects. Oh, the MC is gonna kill us. <laughs> uh I have been des I've been desperate to see this again, but it it just the, the times and tickets are just not working out still, eleven days later. And I just cannot get off my mind. It's everything I wanted it to be. It's the best Spider Man film. I, I still I I feel so bad saying it was Spider Man because
2: <laughs> I love that movie, but it's number 1 this is for me the best mc movie there is uh yeah
0: for me it's number 2 i mean well, <laughs> we just did a whole big podcast talking about this film a week ago so this film it, it was everything it was hyped up to be um i've been like you i haven't had a chance to see it i mean Crap! i saw it twice on opening week but i hadn't had a chance to see it since then and uh i couldn't let my sister have the upper hand on me she had seen it three times so uh <laughs> i i had to make sure to see it a third time to make sure i caught up to her so i saw it for a third time last night and uh right on my tv as i'm talking about it it's they're, they're playing a tv spot for it right now uh you <laughs> but uh I mean, yeah, this, uh, it cements itself as a top 10, a top five MCU film for me, just with all they accomplished in here. And there's a lot of similarities between this and Endgame. With Endgame, it was kind of solidifying, a almost 10, uh, over 10 year mark of what it accomplished in its storytelling from Iron Man 1 to this and Tom Holland put it best when talking about uh, the differences between these two and talking about no way home. Like it's a culmination of over 20 years of Spider-Man of live action. Spider-Man going all the way to Toby and Spider-Man one and Oh two and Andrew's films. And now with Tom's films, it's really a culmination of all three franchises with three different universes and coming together and putting together a good story that has a lot of emphasis on like who Spider-Man is, who Peter Parker is, and I mean, again, there's a, not a whole lot that needs to be said about this. We got a pod talking about everything with this film. It, it's clearly one of the better, one of the best films that they've done.
1: Yeah, it's just, I still can't believe it happened. I think think that's why I need to see it again. Just like to truly understand, like they actually brought Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield back, while also bringing the villains back, but still remembering it's MCU Spider-Man, and to make that like the focal point. And like us, us Spider-Man fans, we're sick. We 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 cheer the most when we see Peter Parker depressed, living rent uh, paycheck to paycheck in a (laughs) rundown apartment. That's that's when we're the most happy with this character. We're sick human beings. (laughs) but you know what he always comes out on top somehow some way and that's going to be the most exciting thing for the future uh with sony and the mcu hopefully hopefully playing ball because uh especially after this if they do that 2019 thing again i would not want to be sony (laughs) even if it's (laughs) like you just know (laughs) they have the keys to the castle (laughs) and they can't keep it away from us yeah 32 projects
0: Oh, Uh, yeah, 32. Double next year. Yeah, because, let's see, we got three movies that uh, we know are coming out Multiverse of Madness, Love and Thunder, uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and we know we got Moon Knight probably coming early next year, uh, She Hulk, Miss Marvel, uh, probably a couple other series uh, coming down the road next year. So we might not have as much. New projects, as we did this year, considering you know the whole pandemic pushed a lot of things back. But yeah, we're gonna be—we might have forty projects to talk about by this time next year, Peter.
1: Oh, This—the next ranking pot has to be a tone thing.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I'm looking at a—I'm looking at the amount of time we've been on Zoom together. I'm starting to. I'm starting
1: to wonder myself, like, should this not be its own thing? <laughs> We've come far. It's, it's our Christmas gift. Us, us doing what we do best for 100 episodes. Yeah. Oh, boy. Peter, we did it. That's to say, seriously, for all the listeners, thank you for 100 episodes. This definitely will keep going. Oh, there's there's so much to talk about in review, and uh, we'll be at 200 before we know it, probably. Uh, I
0: hope I hope so, you know, especially with what we got coming out 2022 uh, with the movies, shows, you know, hopefully we can get together and talk about some of those movies and shows and, and pre- kind of do a little 2022 preview down the road. So uh, we can kind of preview what's coming down the pipeline because there's a lot of stuff, including the thing we let off the pod with and Batman. So again, I can re- reiterate what Peter said enough. Thank you guys for a hundred episodes. It's been a blast. It took us a minute, but uh, we're finally here at a hundred episodes and we're going to be heading off the new year with one hundred and one. So thank you guys for tuning in for all a hundred. If you have, and thank you guys for checking us out where you guys get your podcasts. And so again, last part of the year. So hopefully you guys have a happy new year, have a great 2022 and we, We will be back next year, and that's when we'll talk to you all next time.